welcome to the Retro Blood. You are all my children now. You want to know what happens to an eyeball when it gets splintered? You got any idea how much blood jets out of a guy's neck? You've come back to us, Michael. Stop the rain. Well, hey, there's something slimy down there. I don't like it. Aw, oh, you're trying to scare me. Hey! Welcome back, everybody, to the Retro Blood. As we finish up our wild, crazy bug month with Bugs Gone Wild, and we're finishing up Hot Brother, because if you like stories about girls who can talk to insects, if you like Donald Pleasant being in a wheelchair, loving insects and loving little girls, if you love uh, uh, flashy lights that only the Italians know how to do, brother. And of course, if you like some guy getting wheeled out after he got stabbed to death and everybody's supposed to be all sad, but somebody's blurring motorhead in the background, this is a review for you, brother. Because Retro Blood. <laughs> that was a pretty random scene. I'm not going to lie. I was like, what is going on here? Like, is this right? I was like, wait a minute, is this right? Like, are we supposed to put this like, here? Like, why is this here right now? Okay. Like, why is Motorhead playing in this scene? Yes. J.K. Klein, J. Allison, this is Phenomena. Did I say that right? Phenomena? Phenomena. 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 Yeah, I think that's brother. how it's said. AKA Creepers, brother. Yeah, it's called Creepers, United States. The Creepers version is the only version I'd ever seen for years. Like, oh, really? I don't think I saw the, uh, yeah, I don't think I saw the, uh, phenomena, the uncut version until, uh, um, uh, at least the very late nineties, probably early two thousands. Yeah. This, this is a pretty interesting movie. Cause I'm pretty sure the one I so the one I watched was off Tubi. at first I was trying to watch it on shutter, but then I was like, eh, you know, I know like every time oh. we caught watching it, we kept oh, okay. like re repeating it. So I watched it one off Tubi. But the one on yeah. Tubi, like, there was, like, a lot of scenes, too. Like, I mean, it was a long movie, and there was a lot <laughs> of scenes where they would have the dubbed, and then it would just right go into Italian. Okay, so I was going to bring that up. Okay, yeah. so I watched this movie twice, at uh, least. Okay. And it kept restarting because I was watching it also. Yes. That's that's what we do, brother. So, like, I would get, that's how like, cheap we are on the retro, brother. We don't share it on the we, <laughs> <laughs> we only have one <laughs> Shutter account. Fuck it, brother. That's how we do it. All right, that's how that's how um, you gotta do it. That's how you know. Yeah, real. I would. Uh -huh. No money bags over here, brother. Yeah. All right, one one account we just share it all. Yeah, we're not <laughs> we're not spending that retro blood money on two shutter accounts. That's for sure. Exactly. <laughs> but anyway, so like I would move it back to where I was because I watch it. I don't watch it all the way through like you do. Well, yeah. I guess you don't always do that, but I watch a little bit at a time. Yeah, and then I absorb that. And I go back and watch a little bit more. Um, so I don't absorb it like a movie w would be. I try to like watch a little bit of time. So I would keep moving it back to where you, where I was watching it. 
and then you would like not remember where you were, I guess, and start over again. Yeah. Um, but I also watched my Blu-ray. Okay. And 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 so the Shutter version is a little bit different than the Blu-ray version. And then I found out my Blu-ray version has three different versions of the movie on it. So it's got the Creepers version, of course, the American one. It's got an international version that's like 116 minutes long. And then it's got one that's an hour and 50 minutes long. And, oh, I guess that's, that's a three versions. Yeah. Um, so I don't, we're going to do, I mean, you like you didn't watch the creepers version so yeah no. well we're gonna end up doing like a, a combination of the two because i can't i don't know which one is on shutter but my blu-ray does that so when i watch the uncut international version there's a scene where it like it like broke my mind like i thought yeah. i was gonna have to go to a mental hospital because like because the italian actress is speaking english yeah but jennifer connelly speaking fucking italian with subtitles yes and I'm like, why? How would this ever happen? Like, because we'll talk about this when when we talk about who booked this shit about how those movies were made. Yeah. But um, but I that broke my mind. Like, it literally broke my mind. And I can't figure out why it's that way. Because when I watched it on Shutter, the languages are the way they're supposed to be. Yeah. So the two. So the only thing I can think of is maybe yeah. I haven't. My Blu-ray is older than the current version that they have from Synapse. Maybe. Could be, and maybe the two B one is too. Because it was weird, like it didn't happen like all the time, but there were some scenes where you know the uh, the general she'd be she'd be talking, and then out of nowhere she just started speaking Italian. It's like so a lot of the <laughs> yeah, a lot of the not a lot, but some of the Argento movies are that way because they don't especially like Deep Red is that way, um, which may come up later um, soon in conversation. But Deep Red is that way because when they put out the Italian version on Blu-ray the scenes that they dubbed for the American version were basically thrown away. Yeah. So they didn't have them. So they just had to subtitle an Italian version of the film, if that makes sense and edit it back in. So all of a sudden when you're watching the deep red Blu-ray, it'll all of a sudden go into Italian well, you, where uh, everybody's speaking Italian and then it comes back out. But phenomena does it where yeah. that weird thing where they're just like, randomly speaking different languages and it's like really like you know it's what, really like jar you know at first when i you know when at first i thought it was like you know when you you what? know when like you know you speak like two languages and like when you yeah. get really pissed off you just go into like your home language that's what i thought they yeah. were doing like when so you thought jennifer Connolly <laughs> was all of a sudden going into an italian because yeah. she's mad <laughs> yeah because like you remember they're like they're like one scenes are they're fighting over that phone you know to make the phone call right. and they start yeah. like bitching at each other in italian about taking the pill I was like, I was like, yeah, okay, I can see it. I can see they just, you know, get a little pissed off, use a little language that we can't understand, brother. Okay, I get it. Right, but if but if you watch the Shutter version, it's all it's all correct. They're all speaking English. Yeah, and it's Jennifer Connelly's voice. Um, so definitely fun. So this this is gonna be a fun one. I always love doing the uh, good, the yeah. Italian horror movies with their flashy lights and their interesting plot lines throughout the whole movie so this could be very fun when we do the uh, scene by scene but uh just like every retro blood everybody we are going to talk about what was going on in the world of pro wrestling and metal the reason we do this every week is because myself and allison and all of our lovely listeners love pro wrestling and metal and we'll try mm -hmm. to make a uh, 
We try to make an experience over here at the Retro Blood. We try to make it where it's not just we're just going out to the movie or renting it from John's Rena Center. No. We're, we're not just watching something. We're, we're trying to do a weekend over here. And what do you do on weekends? Well, you go to wrestling and you listen to metal, brother. That's what we do. Exactly. So, watch horror movies. Exactly. Everything. The, the, the trifecta right there, brother. The triple threat of excitement. So, Allison, what are we going to be talking about when it comes to pro wrestling and metal on the release date? Which the release date that we're using is the Italian release date, brother. January 31st, 1985. How about we do the uh, the wrestling first there, Allison? What, what, what do we got? What, what are we going to go see? What are we going to watch? What's happening? All right. So the wrestling one was a little bit hard because the resource I normally use for wrestling shows, uh, for some reason, 1985 doesn't work. Uh, but I did find something because, you know, back in our, our neck of the woods, you know, Jim Crockett Promotions was always running shows. Um, and, and they had just started off their year pretty hot. Um, and they were at a TV taping the night of this that this movie came out uh, in Italy. <laughs> um, it, they were in Sumter, South Carolina, at the Exhibition Center. So, one for one thing, I find it amazing that these what we think of as legendary wrestlers, and were certainly big time wrestlers at the time, would come to a building as small as Sumter. Like Sumter is like you know kind of right outside Greenville, sort of. Um, I mean, we kind of see that Columbia. nowadays. Well, yeah. kind of. Yeah, we kind of do. Like Ring of Honor, yeah. when, you know, before they're in their current incarnation, would come to, uh, you know, small places. I remember they came to the uh, uh, to town here and they came to the agri- they played at the agricultural center. Yeah. So they're like in a barn. They were basically in a barn. But this was a TV taping that took place on January 31st, 1985. So this is what you got. So the NWA tag team champion, Manny Fernandez, it doesn't say who his partner was, um, defeated Joel Deaton. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know who he was tag tagging with at the time, but he was in a solo match against Joel Deaton. Okay. Butts and seats, brother. Butts and seats. Uh-huh. Got that Joel Deaton. And then uh, Crusher Khrushchev, Ivan, and Nikita Koloff, so the three Russians, beat Denny Brown, Mark Fleming, and Frank Lang. Okay. So something nice. tells me these were kind of kind of uh, squash matches. Oh yeah, I could definitely um, do that. Yeah, I think that Russian team though, man, they got some heat back. I mean, this is 1985, brother. That's like the fucking. I mean, they're probably getting. Mega oh yeah, heat. that was the thing. Yeah, uh, that was the thing then. Um, oh yeah, Magnum TA, the great Magnum TA, nice. defeated the, the defeated the Golden Terror. Are you familiar with the Golden Terror? Hmm. Not now at the top, no. Um, so I don't know if this is the same person. So I did a little research on that. So the Golden Terror was a guy who had wrestled since the '60s. So surely this is not the same person, right? Um, but he—I don't even know who his what his real name was. Um, but in 1982, it said he made a surprising return to the WWF as Mighty Joe Thunder. Um. That's the only thing that I can find out about this guy. Hmm. Um, the Golden Terror. So this is like something I don't know. So any of if any of our wrestlers out there know, uh, you know, yeah. a lot about uh, you know '80s Crockett promotions. Um, yeah, give us Bob Merrill. Bob yeah. Merrill was Mighty Joe Thunder's name. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't who know. I mean, the only thing I can think of. Who? Apparently, no one. Um, apparently, apparently, no one. Um, 
So, you know, so we got, we're getting, we're getting some squash matches on this TV taping. So, uh, but anyway, so, okay. So the next match, so we had after that, um, uh, golden terror, Magnum TA match. The next match was NWA TV champion, Tully Blanchard. Oh, nice. Who defeated Brian Adidas. So that was probably your big match of the yeah, day. That was definitely your athletic contest of the night. Yeah. Everything yeah. else was a squash. Yeah. Um, so then the same night they taped Worldwide, which aired on February the 9th, 1985. Um, so that one you had, oh, this you're going to love this. So your first match was Steve Casey defeated the Golden Terror. Okay, nice. So not only did the Golden Terror job to Magnum TA, yeah. he also jobbed to Steve Casey, and I don't really know who Steve Casey is. Well, maybe, maybe, you know, maybe the, the, the problem is with the Golden Terror. Like, he wasn't terrifying enough. <laughs> You know it wasn't mean? terrifying enough. Maybe, maybe he definitely wasn't golden enough. Maybe if he was the aluminum terror. Maybe. You know maybe that I mean? would have been better. Yeah. Yeah, maybe that would have been better. Then you had Dory Funk Jr. who defeated Brian Adidas. Okay. Wow. Um, that, that, so actually, Adidas that would be a... Uh, that would yeah. be a... Uh, what, what do you got? Catches catch can. You know, yes, traditional do a hold brother match. So that'd be pretty fun. And then, this is not even the main event of this show. So this was on Worldwide. This wasn't even on the main show. So I'm, I'm actually surprised I'm reading this. I'm wondering if this is not right. So Ricky Steamboat and Don Kernodal defeated Ivan and Nikita Koloff in a flag match. Oh, okay. So flag matches are always good because, you know, whoever gets the flag can use it yeah. to attack the other person. Um so that wouldn't be bad. So they got so they got Steamboat and Carnoodle fighting the Russians. So that, that was probably pretty good. And then the the last match of that night was NWA Tag Team Champion Manny Fernandez again, who defeated Frank Lang. So that was probably another squash match. Yeah. So not the greatest matches in the world, but definitely got some. Uh, yeah, uh, you definitely got some. Well, uh, it's a, some things. It's a basic TV card that we would have had back yeah. in the day. To be honest with you. You know, that's true. It's a basic TV card. You know, most you know, we it's not like wrestling is, you know. This is the eighties, brother. You know what I mean? We just get the big stars mm. squashing people, have an angle here or there. You know what I mean? That's all we need. You know, nowadays we all need all this crazy shit. You know what I mean? You know, buses that's blowing true. up and shit. Like we don't need that stuff anymore. You know, we, we need the, and they the actually 80s. Yeah, exactly. And they actually had two shows that night. Um so one was that was their T V taping. So I don't know which one was the matinee. One of them would have been during the day. Um, the other one was in Mineral, Virginia, which is has got to be several hours from Sumter, right? It's got probably like eight hours away. Yeah. Um, but also, I don't have a full card for that night. But um, Tully Blanchard was all was on that card too. Um, so not only did he fight Brian Adidas on the TV taping, but he also um, fought Ric Flair for some reason. Well, you know, brother, gotta gotta get your shit in for the with the world yeah. champ. Yeah. So, so the your silence also makes me think that you don't believe this card either. I, I don't. <laughs> I, I find it hard to believe that NWA World Champion Ric Flair versus NWA TV Champion Tully Blanchard is something that you got. Like it doesn't that doesn't make any sense at all to me. Mm -hmm. um, the other match I have listed from that show is Dick Slater and the Assassin versus Superstar Billy Graham and the Barbarian. Okay. Superstar so Billy Graham good. and the Barbarian. What a team. I know, tagging up. I know that is what we call a body team. That's a body team, uh, absolutely. 
How many poses can we do? Actually, no, Barbarian really didn't do poses. He was more of like a brute brawler, but he's still, I mean, that's not, not too bad of a team. I've always loved the Barbarian. He was always uh, yes. one of my one of my favorites from that era. He's a big jacked up dude. His manager, Paul Jones, is fantastic as well. That guy was... Paul Jones was fantastic. Fucking yes. fantastic. So, but yeah, it's a nice card. I mean, this would definitely be a fun, fun little card to go to. Um, I always love, you know, those Crockett shows because you can just go wild. and You know, you, you know you're going to get some good, solid wrestling when it comes to those Crockett shows. So, definitely yep. some... Uh, and, yeah, that's true. Crockett, Crockett was always good. Even even their jobber matches are good. How do you um, think our boy um, uh, Donald Pleasant's character, uh, uh, Professor John, how do you think he would have liked Crockett wrestling? Oh, I think he would have loved Crockett wrestling because he 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 just seems like that kind of guy. You think he would be um, a big fan thing, of the Golden Terror? Oh, I you know no, he would have been a Magnum TA fan for sure. Yeah, I can see that. Um, but the the weird thing about uh, about about this mention mention Donald Pleasance is I I hadn't seen this movie in years and I'd forgotten he was in this. So as soon as I saw him, I just kept expecting him to scream six times. Yeah, no, exactly. That's but, what I was uh, thinking. Yeah, but he's a completely like, different character, although he acts kind of the same way. Six know, times it, so. himself just showed up on the fucking... Yep. <laughs> he's back, brother. Yep. Yeah, his character was uh, pretty interesting on this one. Speaking of interesting, Allison, what yep. are we going to be listening to? I kind of know this one a little bit. It's going to relate to the movie that we watched, it which will. I do have it a couple will. questions for you on that as well, too, but just get into it. What are, what are we going to be listening to? All right, so so this is perfect actually because it relates to the movie in ways that we'll explain to the people later on, but it also relates to the wrestling. So remember, we're at a TV taping in Sumter, South Carolina. You know, probably during the day, we'll say it's a matinee show. You got to get Ric Flair at nighttime. You can't get Ric Flair in daytime, so Tully probably went to Virginia to do that show at night. <clears throat> so, same night this movie came out, we're going during the day. We're going to see wrestling. Maybe we get out of wrestling in time to see the movie. Then we got to get, you know, if we were in Italy, <laughs> then we got to get out of the movie in time to drive from from Sumter to Columbia, South Carolina, to catch my favorite band, Iron Maiden, on the World Slavery Tour. It could happen. It could happen. Mm -hmm. So you know, we're watching this Italian print of phenomena between uh, between watching the TV, the NWA TV taping, and Iron Maiden. And Iron Maiden was on the World Slavery Tour, which is their longest tour they ever did. We've talked about it recently, I believe, because I brought up um, Live After Death, which is the live album that was recorded on this tour. Yes. Um, this was the second year of the tour. They were on this tour for two years. They played almost 200 shows. Wow. Um, and um, they were, so this year they were, they were they were starting off in North America again. They came through this. They this is where they finally came through the South. So this is the it would have been the first time we got to see them in this area. But yeah, they played the uh, Carolina Coliseum in Columbia. They um they pretty much had the set down. It was pretty much the same set list as as Live After Death. Um, but this is like the uh, I don't know if you actually saw this, but. They, uh, it's the one where they had the Egyptian stuff. Yeah, like it's the Power Slave tour, and the Power Power Slave was the had the Egyptian themed. So they had like you know Eddie, like Eddie, the their mascot Eddie. Like they had like a big King Tut mask in the back, but instead of being King Tut's face, it was like a golden Eddie face. 
And then, you know, they would have like giant mummy Eddies walking out on stage as they played. And at the very end of the show, like at the end of Iron Maiden, the song Iron Maiden, which is like their set closer, the big Eddie King Tut mask would open up. And then um, it split in two. And then the curtains parted. And this gigantic, huge mummy Eddie came out and shot sparks out of his eyes. And like his arms like hung out over the stage. It's really cool. We'll probably post some videos of that on the Facebook group. If anybody wants to see it, but yeah, that's, that's a concert and that's shit that people are missing now. Like nobody has theatrics like that hardly anymore. You know what I mean? Like everybody does video screens and led screens and shit like that, but nobody does like giant animatronic things. Yeah. Um, that they should do. Cause stuff like that's cool. Yeah. And I it's, think, a lost, um, it's a lost art. I think it's Alice Cooper art. did some of those as well too. Yeah. Alice Cooper still does that. So yeah. yeah, that's an exception. Alice Cooper still does the show, his show the same way he did probably in like the eighties. Yeah. Um, but not, not a lot, like you said, like not not a lot of newer bands do that. There is a no, couple that no, kind of do that, but not like a whole lot. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of a lost art to build stuff like that. And I mean, I guess it. I mean, I can't even imagine like how many uh, trucks and shit it takes to carry that stuff around, though. Yeah, and you, you know gotta, what I mean, like and, just like, yeah, oh. and a lot of them just don't have the stage room either. True. Yeah, I mean that's true. I mean you know like when we saw a Monomarth back in November or December, whenever the hell that was. Um, like, you know, the venue we saw them in, we couldn't see the whole show because they couldn't fit it on the stage. Yeah. Yeah, because the show we saw only had the big um, Viking helm with the drum set. But if you watch the other shows, like the shows from the Los Angeles Forum where they were playing a larger stage, like the, the when the show started, it had two giant Viking statues on the sides. And then halfway through the show, those move and these giant Viking ships come out of the sides. And it's like, like the light effect makes it look like water. It was really cool. Like, yeah. I wish we'd got to see that. But yeah, we saw them cool. in a small venue. So they just couldn't, uh, couldn't fit all that stuff on the stage. But yeah, even, even today, like when I saw Iron Maiden last October, at the end of the show, <clears throat> at the end of the show, they had this like giant Eddie head that would just like come up from the bottom of the stage. And I mean, it was huge. I mean, it's just, it's literally huge, it's literally gigantic. And like, they, they probably has to fit in a truck by itself. It's so big. Yeah. Carry but that yeah. stuff around. But yeah, this is a, this is a really good show. I watched, I, I, I bought the VHS at some point when I was a kid and I watched it for just until it basically disintegrated. And then when they put it out on DVD, I bought it again and I, I watched it probably, you know, couple of times a month because it's so good it's just such a good show um it's just amazing but yeah that's that's what i would have drug you to is the uh the uh, iron main show in columbia south carolina on january 31st 1985 yes not only would we be seeing that rock hard show but we also be listening to some iron maiden within the movie itself which is very interesting yep. and then you could turn to me and say they really know how to play their instruments yeah <laughs> yeah it's true they know what they're doing brother which is your <laughs> <laughs> Which is your your original comment when I played live after death for you the first time? I'll never forget that. It's <laughs> like brother, they know how to play their gimmicks. All right, they do. <laughs> but so speaking uh, of gimmicks, who who booked this shit? Yes, who booked this shit, brother? And of course, it was the one and only Dario Argento, the Italian yes. ma- maniac himself, the eye mm. poker, the the flashy light poker. man himself. Dario Argento, which we have talked about here before on the show, and mm-hmm. I always love to talk about his movies because they're very, I always call it like very artsy style movies. You know, the, the Italians, yes. it, it's kind of like if you mix 
if it's kind of like if you mix the old time 50s movies with like a little bit new age stuff like and mixed in because the way that he does like his camera angles and his camera cuts are just like it's just very you're just like you look at it like okay this is like cinema you know what i mean like that's how you do like your camera right. cuts and everything yeah like he's a real filmmaker but yeah. so it's interesting that you would say that so like I'll, I'll ask you so did you do any research on dario or do you know anything about dario other than like just about like his movies a little bit like i have in the past but i don't know most of it off my head um i actually went to a panel one time where he was speaking of course he was speaking in italian wow that was at a, 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 a it was at the frightmare frightmare actually had oh, him yeah. on there before and he had his own panel um so it was really cool but um I, I know i know like i know some details but not a lot of them off the top of my head Right. So it's interesting that you would say that because, you know, as a as a filmmaker, I often ask you these questions because I know you've made movies before um, that you would say that it's more like a his movies are shot more like a 50s movie. So Argento's biggest influence was Alfred Hitchcock. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He could definitely so tell. that's yeah. And that's probably why he shoots his movies the way he does is because he doesn't copy Hitchcock, but he wanted to shoot movies the way Hitchcock made movies. Um, so yeah. So anyway, um, continue on with what you're saying. But yes, um, you know, so he, you know, the, the way the style of the movies, you know, you get a lot of stuff when you see these Italian films, but this one was pretty interesting yeah. of how they did it with the plot and everything, but we'll get a little bit into the movie. So, so phenomena is of course a English language italian film uh it was also co-written by franco Ferdinand. say that right freeney yeah freeney freeney my bad yeah franco freeney yeah, he yeah he'd written a lot of a lot of, he wrote uh once upon a time in america for sergio leone he wrote the demon he helped write the demons movies yes um which we did earlier and he wrote a couple of movies or at least one movie that we're going to do later on um but yeah, so Franco Farini is like a well-known, not well-known, I guess he is well-known in Italy, but he's a well-respected Italian screenwriter. So a couple of things that Argento, some backstory here on the Phenomena. So apparently Argento became inspired to write and direct mm -hmm. Phenomena after hearing a French radio broadcast detailing a murder case that had been solved thanks to the study of insects present on the corpse. Which was like a big, mm -hmm. big, you know big plot line to the uh to, to the story of this movie yes uh in an interview with la stampa argento said he saw the film has a personal challenge to american cinema screenwriter hmm. franco stated that visually argento was inspired by casper david Friedrich paintings friedrich friedrich, yeah. friedrich so i can see that yeah the artist's purely romantic portrayals of people in nature. Our general later stated that he imagined the movie taking place in a world where Nazism had triumphed during the Second World Second World War. Yeah, that's interesting. I didn't get that out of the movie at all. Me either. <laughs> other like, than the uh, other than the Robert, uh, other than the Wagner uh, school <laughs> they went to. Yeah. But you know, I mean, Wagner. I mean, you know, obviously Hitler loved Wagner, but Wagner was a great German composer who lived long before the Nazis and he, you know, he, um, uh, 
you know, uh, there's nothing Nazi-ish about Wagner. Yeah. Uh, no matter what anybody would want to say. It's, it's, they're hoping um, to be, you know, yeah. somebody that Hitler liked musically. So, Yeah. So this is pretty interesting. So this is what Dario Argento said so about Phenomenon. He says, when I was thinking of Phenomenon, I imagined that between 1940 and 1945, there had been a very serious incident, the war, and that the Nazis the had won. All right. After 34 years, the people had wiped this dramatic event from their memories and didn't talk about it anymore. In reality, though, the Nazism won the war, and then life there, there, therefore has a total different vibe. It's a world where the Nazi order won. If the movie is watched intentionally, then it's obvious that, from the perspective, whoever made it was working from this principle. So he says that. So he says uh -huh. that it's obvious if you watch the movie attentively, but... I don't really see that other than I I don't know how I don't know where he gets that but maybe it means I mean, like the structure he, of the film so maybe or maybe of. maybe just like how like um I mean the only thing I can think of is how like overbearing everyone is like the school people like the people who run the school seem very like uncaring about their pro about the kids problems or anything but like I don't know. Like I'm, I feel like I'm really stretching to, uh, to to say that. But um, I do see the Casper David Friedrich thing though, because I really like his paintings a lot. Yeah. Um, but I, but like like that quote that you said made it sound like, you know, Friedrich painted like romantic paintings about people in nature, but like Friedrich's paintings are really dark. Um, like he has this graveyard painting that's amazing. Maybe we can post it on the Facebook too, but it's just like a, like an old graveyard in the snow. It's real gothic looking. It's just, it's fucking cool. Like his paintings are great. They're beautiful and dark. Yes. So, so um, the film's budget yeah. went into excess of 6 million. Was it Lear? I guess that's a good. Lear, yes. Yeah. Largely on the account of the insects that was used in the movie spiders mm. including black widows and scorpions were imported from africa while flies grasshoppers and wasps were raised in various parts of rome for the scene where jennifer flies follow, follows the fly archino recall uh, recalled a trick learned from his childhood how to had a real fly leash with a nylon string so that's how they create yeah that so one. that's kind of a cool like way to do that that's yeah. a cool way to pull that off because when she's following the fly, it's attached by a nylon string to her hand. Yeah. That's kind of cool. And they probably like made him look a little shiny in the uh, editing. Yeah. So this is pretty interesting. Originally, mm, Argento that. wanted the Jennifer's character to be, to be betrayed as a daughter of Al Pacino. Yeah. <laughs> and planned to have photos and video clips of him included, included in the film. Pacino, however, refused to allow this has, according to Argento, he didn't appreciate telling the story of a daughter he doesn't have. I think this is weird. Like, why Why would this be a big deal? Like, so Jennifer Connelly plays Jennifer, who's like a daughter of a famous American actor. Yes. Um, who is apparently a sex symbol. But it's kind of weird that he would want it to be Al Pacino. Like, I mean, of all people, like, you know what I mean? Like, I want her to be Al Pacino's daughter. I just think that's odd. Like, yeah. why, bo why bother? It's not as an, an integral part of uh, the movie. However, there's quite a few things in this movie that are not integral parts of it, and we will talk about those, I'm sure. So we have, like, a little bit of drama. Yes. 
on the on the set. So the chimpanzees, mm-hmm. the monkey brother, Tanga, yeah. who had previously starred in Bingo Bango. So he has credit, brother. He has some credit, but put he some respect credits. behind he, his name, brother. Yeah, uh-huh. he's no rookie actor. No rookie monkey actor. So apparently he was in um uh how do we say this in wrestling terms? He he was going to business for himself. Okay. He was, yes. <laughs> so he provided to be a little difficult on set. Who gee? Who would imagine? All right. Yeah, I mean so it's, our, it's strange because it's not even like the monkey has a plot point. We kind of did, really. He did, have well, a kind of, kind of. He did we'll have, actually. He had, a, he had a pretty big pop, kind of a big. He got revenge, brother. Right, but I mean, you could have you. But okay, we'll talk about it. But um, but yeah. So as much trouble as the monkey was, I just feel like he he, he didn't really. Well, like, the really problem trouble. was the monkey probably Hulk Hogan them. The right, the monkey. It don't work for me, brother. It just don't work for me, brother. <laughs> okay. So Argeno didn't want. Uh, he, he, apparently, he wanted to avoid the performance of the chimpanzee to be less comical. Yeah, he didn't want it to be funny. And our boy, our boy uh, Tango over here is like, "No, nah, brother, don't work for me." All right. No, nah, I'm a comedy. I'm, wrestler, I'm a brother. comedy. All right. <laughs> but I mean, the thing is, like, chimpanzees are funny. Yeah, exactly. Like they're by nature, they're comical. Um. But yeah, I just I don't know I think that's really I think this whole thing's really strange. And then like apparently the uh, the apparently Tonga was uh, like in like in the scene where he's hitting Daria Nicolodi in the face, like yeah. that's actually hit the, the chimpanzee's hand holding a razor. Yeah, <laughs> which I find fucking astounding. So like he gave a straight razor to a fucking monkey and let him hit not only his lead actress. Well, I guess Jennifer Connelly's lead actress, but like. You know, a, a lead actor. She's in a lot of his movies, but she was also his girlfriend at the time. Um, not not after this movie, though. They broke up immediately following this. And it's probably because he let a monkey hit her in the face with a fucking straight razor. Yeah. Just guessing. But, well, um, well, but yeah, it, it like, was the monkey's actually hitting her. Right. Oh, you're right. It was blunted. Excuse me. Yeah. You know I mean, we uh, put, just we, keep we, the monkey we, away from my face. We, we put a gimmick behind it, but the gimmick <laughs> still hurts. <laughs> <laughs> it was a gimmick chair, but it still hurts. Um, and he also bit Jennifer Connelly, apparently. Yeah. Bro, this, this monkey um, was not playing around, brother. He's just like, listen, I'm going to get my <laughs> shit in, brother. Okay, I don't care. All right? I already but, got like, <laughs> but th- like, finding this part out, though, because I read that part, too, and, like, the thing that gets me, too, about it is that, so, Argento has a reputation, even before everybody is as politically correct as they are today, Argento sort of had a reputation for being a misogynist and not really liking women or not really respecting women or kind of thinking women were not as important as men in, in a lot of aspects um, in his movies, um, which, you know, he could have gotten from, um, uh, he could have got that from Hitchcock as well because Hitchcock was very similar in that aspect. But like, it just seems like, you know, he he just didn't think it was important or didn't really care if his girlfriend, you know, his face got accidentally cut by a blunted straight razor that because he was having a monkey hit her in the face. But there's a famous um uh Hitchcock quote that where he says, I always believed in following the advice of the playwright Sardou who said torture the women. 
And then Hitchcock said, the trouble today is that we don't torture women enough. Um, and then Argento has a quote saying, I like women, especially beautiful ones. If they have a good face and figure, I would much prefer to watch them being murdered than an ugly girl or a man. So like, and, and I, I see what he's saying, like, because horror has always been like, has been pretty male dominated, especially then and mm. still to this day. But it's it's kind of male dominated, and I feel like you know from a personal filmmaking perspective that if you're marketing your movies to men, that if you put a girl in a in a dangerous situation, it it gives it leans more, it gives more sympathy. Like the male gaze, the male viewer that's gonna that's watching this will have more sympathy for a female character. Than they will a male character, and I think that's why the final girl trope started, was because it, it was it was designed to give more of a um someone looking for more of a sympathetic view to the character. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. I mean, but then it turned into like you know let's kill as many women as possible, which yeah. is also kind of cool, but in a different way. But yeah, so there's a lot of that in Hitchcock's movies. Um, in Tenabre, there's a lot of that and a lot of like fucked up shit that happens. Um, and we'll probably get into those a little later at some point. But, um, but yeah, so it's kind of interesting that to read that about him letting, you know, this monkey hit his girlfriend in the face with a straight razor to get the shot. And then like letting the monkey like, bite jennifer connelly's finger like part of her finger off yeah um i mean I, that's astounding like if that happened today the whole world would stop you know what i mean like if an actress had her finger bitten off by a fucking monkey in a movie like the whole world would stop like this would be the biggest news in the world and back in in you know in 1985 that was just like oh well we'll just use a body double for the rest of the scenes yeah. with the monkey that's what they did they used the that's body double <laughs> and then also so um <laughs> Also, more problems arose when our boy Tango nice. was just like, you know what? This ain't working for me, brother. And he escaped <laughs> during an outdoor scene and did not return for three days until forest rangers attacked him with food. He's like, these motherfuckers ain't paying that. me. They ain't feeding me. Fuck y'all. I'm going to slap your bitch. I'm going to bite you. his finger. I'm going to leave. Fuck you. I'm out of here. Bro, this guy, this monkey, bro. Talk about big league in everybody. He did not give a fuck. I <laughs> If, if I met Dario today, like at a convention, I could ask him one question. I'd be yeah. like, do you regret putting this monkey in Phenomena? Yeah, exactly. Because this monkey, I mean, I swear, we're going to get to this, but this monkey did not need to be in this damn movie. There, I, well, I don't know why there's a monkey in this movie. Maybe you can explain it to me, but we'll get there in a little bit. Well, it was supposed to be John's friend, and that's about it. <laughs> that's all I kind of I, I guess. So, I guess. Yeah, I guess. So, you know, so also, too, you know, Argento's gloves were used again for murder scenes. That's a really trope that yeah, he likes he does to that do. In all, yeah, he does that in all of his movies. Which is pretty or cool. Or most of them, anyway. So, this is kind of interesting, too, before we get into the full review. The soundtrack for this movie was pretty wild. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, unlike Argento's previous films, Phenomena adapted a mid-1980s trend of containing popular songs in the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. This includes original... Composers from such artists as Billy Wyman and and then Claudio, what's his name, Simonetti? 
Cla- Claudio Simonetti. So Simonetti. Claudio Simonetti was the the leader, the keyboard player, and the leader of Goblin. Oh, but yeah, by yeah, this point, right, yeah. Go- Goblin had basically broken up. So Simonetti was doing um, a lot of uh, Argento soundtracks alone. So he was doing, uh, he did this movie, he did Tenabre, and he's done quite a few more. I can't think off the top of my head. But um, but yeah, so he uh, he did some music for the movie. Um, Bill Wyman is the bass player for the Rolling Stones, by the way. Um, so you know he did some songs. He did a couple songs for the movie, um, and then then you had some popular music in it too, yes. like some heavy metal music artists like That's Iron Maiden. Yep, that we just talked about, and of course our good old Goth's favorites, which is I never heard this band until they're on here, and they actually sound kind of wild, but. Weird name, Sex Gang Children. Yeah. So kind of like yeah, a British punk band. Mythical. Yeah. So Sex Gang Children was yeah, and then Motorhead was on it too. Motorhead, yeah. Um, yeah. So Goblin some, was on really here though. They did. Do, they still use some Goblin songs on here. Yeah. Uh, um, I didn't actually look to see which Goblin songs on it, but I'm guessing that they're older recordings. Yes. Um, you know, the songs that they'd recorded years earlier. So yeah, you can still you can actually get the soundtrack, which is kind of cool. So is it the does it have the metal on it, or is it all just the sound the score parts? Uh, I think it has everything on there. Um, let's see. Okay. So in 2018, the complete soundtrack was released for the first time by Waxworth Records on a double LP. It includes alternate mm-hmm. bonus and unused tracks. So it doesn't really give me like the track list. So. But, yeah. uh, did you see that? Uh, oh, did you see that when it was released in Italy, it was like the top-grossing movie yes. of the year, um, yes, and yes. it grossed more money than the Terminator. Yes, yeah, it did more money than the the Terminator and Dune at the time. And Dune and and and, 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 and it got we got a space. It was just, it was it was in uh, Italy that it did more. Of course, yes. So outgrossed Gremlins, Dune, and the Terminator with two point seven billion. At the box office, which is you know pretty impressive, you know this guy, you could tell that he was like, you know, people knew who people knew who this guy was, and they liked his work. So. Oh yeah, I mean, you know, he was a he was a superstar. Like he was he was huge. I mean, you know, he would be, you know, he was he was so big, he was producing other movies. Like remember, he produced Demons and Demons Two, um, for Lamberto Bava. Um, but yeah, I guess the equivalent of him today would be. Uh, um, I don't know whoever whoever directs his Conjuring movies, I guess. Oh you know yeah, what I mean? like yeah, he's a he's like a big uh, he's he's a big name that people would know that makes genre horror films. Um, I guess I mean that's what I can think of. Um, you know, because he's not like a, you know, he's he's definitely not making mainstream movies, but so many people went to see this that it outsold the Terminator. Yeah, which is amazing. <laughs> it's pretty amazing. So, a couple of legacy stuff on here. So, after Phenomenon, uh, what's the name? Dar- Daria? Dar- the girl Daria Nicolodi? Yeah, Dar- yeah, Daria Nicolodi. She, she yeah. pretty much did not like this film. All she right. did not. <laughs> so, her, her main reason, she didn't like the, portray, uh, the portrayal of handicapped people. But let's be honest. Yeah. It was probably because her fucking man had this <laughs> ape smack her in the face with a fucking gimmick. <laughs> Okay. Let's yes. Be <laughs> yes. That's exactly. I'm uh, guarantee you. That's why this happened. And then she stated she would no longer work with Argento. That's like yeah. yeah. Although I don't. Th- I don't. I think she did though. 
This I think is, she did yeah. work with Argentoy again, but um, but um, but yeah, they they were no longer dating after this, though, as far as I know. So I didn't know this, but I thought this is kind of cool. A Japanese video game developer, Hifmio Hifmio Kano, created his video game sure. Clock Tower, mm-hmm. nineteen eighty five, which I don't think I've ever played, but apparently it borrowed many ideas from Phenomena. Yeah, I haven't played that, um, but yeah, it, this movie was highly influential. Like a like. You know, th- like basically, the United States is the only country where this movie was unknown. Yeah, like it was like all over Europe. It was huge. Japan, it was huge. Um, you know, this is Jennifer Connelly's first movie, I think. Um, so she would go on. Like most people think that Labyrinth was the first Jennifer Connelly movie, but really, it was this. Yeah. Um, but you know, like a lot of people picked up on this movie because they love Jennifer Connelly, especially in Labyrinth. And they watch this. And a lot of those same people like this kind of movie because it had this movie as well. Cause it's really dreamy. Like it has this real dreamy aspect to it. The whole thing, like, like not only is Zach as the character in a dream sometimes, but it, it the whole thing seems like a dream kind of, and like Labyrinth has that kind of feel too. Um, but yeah, yeah so a, this, um, she did Labyrinth right after she did this movie. Yes. Um, she's like 15 when she made this movie. But yeah, like, it's also, too, it's interesting, too, because you, I thought this would probably would get, uh, like, at least a decent, you know, audience in America because, mm-hmm. you know, Donald Pleasance was, he's already made Halloween 1 and 2 by this time. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and obviously, you know. Yeah, you would think so. Things. You would, yeah, you would think that, that it would have gotten a pretty big reception in the United States, but. Because it is easy to follow. It's not like it's, no. you know, it's not like it's crazy. Um, you know, like a lot of the Italian films are. And it, it doesn't have that. I mean, it has violence in it, but not compared to like a lot of the other ones. Yeah. So, yeah, but it's, it's, it's very interesting. I'm, you know, this one definitely has a, uh, a reputation. It's just kind of one of those things where the reputation is a little bit bigger outside of the U.S. But, I mean, it's definitely a very uh, a fun and interesting story. Which... We're about to get into here on the Retro Blood. I say we get into the full review of Phenomena. Let's do it. this part of the country. It comes from the Alps. The blasts of warm air cause snow avalanches. While it blows, there are those who say it causes madness. idea why they behave like that. Never done this before. It's probably because of me. I guess they sense the mood I'm in. See, he's not afraid of you. He won't do that for me. 
Ask him to lead you where the dead bodies are hidden, and he'll lead you. That fly is your magic wand. It's perfectly normal for insects to be slightly telepathic. Yeah, it's normal for insects. But am I normal? I love you. I love you all. Okay, so we start off the movie and like, okay, we're in these Swiss, so we're in the Swiss uh, Transylvania, all right, <laughs> so that's where we're, mountains everywhere, just, and it's just like, they just school yeah. bus, right, and it just leaves this girl, like, we're not checking to make, we don't do the head count, you know what I mean? Nope. We don't do any of that. You're just you're on the bus, if not, we're just leaving your ass behind, we ain't turning around. Yeah. So leave yeah, this no, fucking- on the, in the- in the in a world where the Nazis won World War Two, we don't check on shit like that. Yeah, you're either on a bus or you're not. Yeah, exactly. It's like you don't get on this bus too bad. All right. So this little girl's just <laughs> looking around. She's just like, hey, I don't know what she's saying. She's all saying the shit in foreign language. And then she's mm. walk she's walking, she walks through these trees, she finally finds a house. Okay. And she goes inside this house and we can see like somebody's kinda like, you know, pushing these chains. Why she's in there. Mm-hmm. And the only line I got from her that I, I don't know why I thought it was so funny. She's like walking around. She's like, hello, is anybody home? I'm foreign and I'm lost. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Like where she's like, I am foreign. I wonder if I but can yeah, do she's, that. She's like, tourist. I'm just going to go to, I'm just going to Switzerland, right? Transylvania, Switzerland. I'm going to get lost. I'm like, listen, yeah. I'm, I'm fucking foreign guys. And I'm lost. Okay. Give me some of that Swiss chocolate. All right. Or send my ass home. Okay, let's do this. So she's walking around, looking throughout the whole place, and eventually those um, those little chains break. Yeah, and then she she gets like grabbed from behind, starts getting attacked by scissors. Yes, the glove with the scissors, and they do that gimmick where you just see the hand the whole time. Yeah, Dario's hand. Yeah, I think he does that a lot. Where the the he'll he'll yeah, have look. people get cut or fall with just like a like a hand. It's like like the hand yeah. is like the camera view. Yeah, and the reason he does that with the gloves is because they are his own hands, and the reason that he uses his own hands is because I remember him saying one time that nobody can do it the way that I envision it in my mind, so I have to do it myself. Yeah, and that's why they wear gloves so that you can not obviously tell that it's Dario's hands. Yeah, but yeah, he does that a lot—a close up of the hands and the weapon, which in this case is scissors. And then she basically breaks away, and it just so happens where this house was was next next to a waterfall. Apparently, yes. She's running through this whole waterfall, running through everything. She eventually gets trapped, and she gets scissored. Yeah. All right? Scissor me, daddy. Yeah, exactly. She gets scissored me, <laughs> why? And, like, I, then it's, it's, like, a, it's weird, because there's, like, this, like, glass mirror connected yeah. to a cave of waterfall. All right? Is it a mirror or a window? It's a window. Okay. It's a, yeah, it's a window. Sorry. It's, like, a window... Yeah. Like in this cave, 
Yes. And like she gets knocked into it and her head goes back and then somehow her head just like gets decapitated and it falls down the fucking yeah. fucking river with so her body. So interesting. This is this is an interesting part. So did you notice or on your version that you watched when it when the scene when it goes into slow motion with her head going into the window, did all of a sudden the quality of the film the video just dropped dramatically like it's yeah. super grainy and like looks like shit all of a sudden yeah i can't figure out why that was in there because originally i thought well maybe that scene was cut out of the creepers version um and that's the best version they had but i watched creepers the creepers version and it's in there just exactly the way it is in our version the only difference is you can't see like you can see the 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 scissors go into her but you can't see them pu- being pulled out yeah so that's how they edited that but um, but it's basically the same. So I have no idea why that scene looks that way. I thought that was really weird. It's probably one of those things where, where like if you're sometimes like if you're trying to do a dust scene and use like a dummy and stuff like that, you want to grain out the scene, so it like it makes it look a little bit like you can tell the fine details of it have being like a fake dummy. It's the only thing I could think of. I'm, I mean, maybe because I was trying to figure that out because I can't tell if it was a dummy or if it was the actress. But I mean, the glass was falling into her face. Yeah. Um, and it looked like when I try, I tried to slow it down even more and like stop it. And it looked like the actress had something covering up her face that was like skin colored, but it would like, like a bag is what I would say, like covering up her face to, to protect her from the glass. Cause even if it was like work glass, you know, not, not real, not shoot glass, but like work glass, it would still like, it's still something falling into her eyes. You know what yeah. I mean? So I, I think that was a really, I mean, I guess they could have used a dummy, but it, it was a very lifelike dummy if it was a dummy. Uh, so maybe they did grain it up to make it to where you can't tell, you know, that it's either a dummy or there's something on her face, possibly. So up next, this is when we finally meet our chimpanzee, our boy Tanga, the uh, the old mm-hmm. this don't work for me brother uh, character yes. of the film. He is just like walking around. He finally he found like a little scalpel knife. And this is when we meet our boy Donald Pleasant, who plays Professor John. Yeah. McGregor. John McGregor. He's Scottish. Scottish, yes. And he plays that up to the hilt. Yes. I can tell you that. That's definitely true. <laughs> I think he even like says, like, yes, I'm Scottish. Like in this <laughs> So our boy over here, he is in a wheelchair. And yeah. he is explaining to two detectives about uh, basically about flies and insects and how mm-hmm. they can kind of tell when something has been dead for a long time due to the yes. uh, 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 deep composition and how long the mm-hmm. flies come to it and all these little insects and maggots and stuff. So, so right. he's explaining all this kind of stuff, and then they're kind of coming to the to to the conclusion that there's been a lot of missing girls lately. And there has to be a killer on the loose. Yes. Right? And they're tr- basically what they're trying to do is they have the, the girl who, who, who died at the beginning. They found her head. All right? Yes. And they were trying to determine how long this body has been decaying for. Okay? And the way they do that is by the bug. <laughs> okay? Yes. So they're talking about, uh, you know... Uh, how many bugs are on here for how long they're trying to narrow it down to like four months or it could be uh so four months of this and another four months of this decomposition so they come to the conclusion okay it's been about eight months from this head and that's a rough it's a rough estimate because we also have to uh, we also have to figure out the gases and that make the head rise up and stuff 
So mm. they come to the conclusion that this death or murder happened around September 7th or the 10th. And that's when the girl actually lost her head. And they're saying, yeah. okay, well, the first girl went missing on September, I believe, 14th. So this kind of like, you know, matches pretty well with that time frame of what's going yeah. on. And then he says, this is also the same time that my girl Greta went missing too. So we find out more who Greta is a little bit later. Yeah. And, and you also didn't mention that they keep her head in a in a tank. Yeah, tank, yeah. <laughs> in his house. Yes. So he has this girl's head in yeah. his house. Yeah, that's where he studies the, the bugs, brother. Well, the maggots. Okay. Fair enough. So it's a, it's Fair a form. So the, the bug he's mostly studying is like this form of a maggot where it only shows yeah, up on like dead. Fly. Yeah, that's the one. Right, say it again. The sarcophagus fly. Yeah, that's the one. The uh, the uh, the final doom fly. Mm, that one. The final doom. Yes. <laughs> so they're basically coming up like you know, so basically, um, our boy John is pretty much determined that this Greta died because of that. And the cops are like, "Well, how do you know?" It's like, "Well, you know, the evidence is kind of pointing to it." And then they're basically saying like, "You know, we got a killer out there. He's a mass psycho killer." And the cops are like, "Yeah, we're gonna get him." So now this is when we meet our main character, Jennifer. Jennifer. So, so she's using her same, her acting name has her has her government name, and mm-hmm. her last name is uh, Carvino. So she Corvino. is Carvino. Yes, she is the famous mm-hmm. daughter of a famous actor in this world, and she is going to a a a, a, a girls' coveting school. To, uh, to learn Swiss arts? Sure. Yeah, she's in some kind of like private, girls' private yes. school. This is when we... Which ca- doesn't seem to have a lot of girls in it. Well, yeah, I had a but, good amount. Well, okay, I did have a few. Yeah, that, that one scene with the flies. We'll get there. Oh, right, I forgot about that, yeah. So, so we're driving, and this is when the, uh, the, uh, the, the, the one girl, she was explaining... The you know this this is the Swiss Transylvania, mm. all right. And th- this is why also when this is happening, this is when we see that our girl Jennifer she is very in- into insects, and she does she's not like, scared of insects, but she likes them. She likes she likes she has a good connection with them because there's a bee mm. that got into them. The girl wants them to smash it. She's like, no, we're not smashing it. We're keeping this insect good. Yeah, she never smash bees. Bees only do good things. Exactly. So now, uh, so, and the other girl's like, hey, don't worry about it. You'll like this school because, hey, we all speak English. I was like, bro, you got some English accents? Like, I'm sure you do. Um, so, so then they go to the school and now when they, they arrive. So the big thing about this movie in this town is it's very windy. All right. Yes. And boy, windy town. (laughs) But our boy, John, all right. Talks about the deadly wind is like one of my favorite scenes because it's just like this guy takes it so serious. But it's very windy here in, in Transylvania, Switzerland, everybody. Remember that. So while she's going to go into her school, she just sits around for the wind going in her hair. We just see the, the headmistress just like stare at her like she's like, why the fuck are you even here? Yeah. Just another girl to torture, brother. So we go back and now we're in like the dorm room. And this is when we meet our, car- mm. our, our character, Sophia, which is going to be Jennifer's Sophia. roommate. 
Yeah. And, and her big she's gimmick. Smoking. Yeah, she's smoking, brother. All right. She's French. Yeah, she's French. She's, she's yes, exactly. And they're all talking a little bit about. Uh, uh, so basically, our girl Jennifer's like, "Listen, you got any food around here? I've been fucking eating breakfast for like two days because of the fucking time switch." And no joke, I was just thinking, "Well, what the fuck's wrong with that?" I love breakfast food. That was just me. Yeah, so would I. I said I can eat breakfast food day, that's night, best, dinner. I don't give a fuck. That's the best meal of the day. Breakfast food's exactly. the best meal of the day. But our girl, girl Jennifer's not having it. She's like, well, and the other girl's like, well, I got some baby food over here. All right. And then she's like, well, I'm a vegetarian. I was like, okay. Can we, okay. We're, we're, we're getting along. I think this scene is weird. <laughs> so she starts eating like the baby food. Yeah. She starts eating baby food. Yes. Yeah. And then why, there, and, and the girl, why? I don't know why the girl has baby No, food. she explained uh, the, it, Allison. Her what fucking did she say? She said her parents came over there with her little brother and they forgot to bring the baby food back. Oh, I, I, I must have missed that. So that, right. that's why we have you on the show. So you, you're, you, you're, your eye of eye to eye detail is yeah. better than mine. So yeah, so they have this weird baby. When it comes to useless trivia in the movie, I know everything about it. <laughs> okay, you do. All right, that's the best way to know. You do. Mm-hmm. So this is when the the head mistress just walks right in and stuff. She's like, and the other girl's like hiding her cigarette, and Sophia has a, a poster of her dad. All right, and uh. The, the the dad so she takes the poster down and she kind of like we don't want this shit around here and the, and then Sophia's like she's like a really big fan of Jennifer's dad okay uh, she knows like everything yes. about him but she doesn't know that it, he's her dad yet yeah exactly she's like she just thinks like he, she's a big fan like her so the girl takes yes. away the TV and tell, the, the headmistress tells him both to go to sleep and then this is when this is actually when Sophia finds out that Jennifer is actually uh, the, the the person, the actor that she likes, this guy, the poster, is her dad. And I thought it was kind of funny. She, at first, she was all like, oh, you know about him? I like, yes, it's in his film. He made me watch the film 50 times. Sophia's like, oh, did you lay with him? Yeah, she's uh, like, have you gone to bed with him? Yeah, and I'm like, better. holy fuck. Like, this 15-year-old girl wants yeah. to fuck Jennifer Connelly's <laughs> dad. Well, she thinks she she thinks that she did. Yeah. Well, she thinks that she did, yeah. She, yeah. She, she's just like... Well, you know, you're 15 and I'm 15 and I would fuck him. Did you fuck? Did yeah. you fuck him? Like, like, oh, I mean, man. I think this is like a European thing. Yeah. Like, I think like sexuality for young people is, especially back then, was not like it is now. But that that is as a prudish American, that was shocking to me. Yeah. <laughs> that, exactly. that was that was a little bit shocking to me. So here, here's another shocking shit that happened. Okay. <laughs> So <laughs> this girl, Sophia, knows everything. It's kind of like watching a TMZ shit. She knew everything about her background. Yeah. She's like, oh, yes, yeah, so you grew up like this, and your mom went away and stuff like that. <laughs> and then our girl, Jennifer, is like, oh, yeah, well, I'm going to tell you how it really was. Okay? Yeah. I was home one Christmas night and everything. My dad was all here giving me this stuff. Next thing I know, my mom just left, and then she was just gone. She's gone for there. You know? And then she's like, yeah. Like, that, that, that does that sound like the most happiest childhood you've ever heard? It's like, damn, okay. <laughs> Okay. And then they just kind of like messed up where she's all like, oh, yeah, everything's okay. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Do you mind if I uh, watch this TV with some headphones? Yeah, okay. I'm going to go to sleep now. Did it you was... notice that they had like uh, gigantic tube televisions? Yes. For each each bed? Yes. Hey, man, those are the staples, brother. You had that, that means you're royalty right there, brother. Exactly. Come nobody in, yeah. Nobody I knew in 1985 had a TV that big. That's probably like a 32-inch TV there. Yeah. Nobody I knew had a TV. And it's ama- amazing that this school had one for every single girl. 
Of course, yeah. they are rich. It's a rich school, so who knows? Maybe. Yeah. Know, it's big, not a big deal, I guess. So, <laughs> so now they're all the girls are about to be going to sleep. And this is when we see a, a a random girl just running around the forest at night. I, at first, I thought it was one of them dreaming. All right, but maybe I was yeah. wrong. So they're all running around. She's this girl in particular is running around this forest, but she goes into like a hallway or the I think it might have been the school, like a back entrance of the school. And mm-hmm. out of fucking nowhere, she's in this hallway, and we start hearing Iron Maiden. Yeah. Now, was this song Flash was this? But which wrong what's this? Sounds called Flash of the Blade. It's on Power Slave. Okay, which Flash. was their newest album at the time. Gotcha. Yeah, I was like, okay, yeah, we're starting to stop hot. It was just the the thing is though, like th- the placement of the music was just very random. Okay, so yeah, it was because like you would think of a scene like this where uh, a girl's running for her life in the forest. She's scared. She would go inside a uh, a haunted school mansion. And we would have like this, like you know, either '80s scary music or some slow piano mm. music. No, okay, bro, we got some Iron Man and rocking and rolling over here right now. Okay, oh yeah, we ain't yep. playing around. So she's like walking around, and something scares her really quick, and then out comes the killer. Like the killer's like making like this little knife gimmick that he has. Yeah, I thought that knife. was weird too. Like it's like this really complicated like yeah. weapon they have to put together. Yeah. Like why don't they just kill him with a knife or something? But no, like brother. they have to put this. You can see him it's like classy. twisting this like yeah. cl- this knife gimmick together. Like yeah, yeah. So he starts running and attacking her. All right, and then then we see that we now see Jennifer. She's in the bed, and she starts waking up. And she's walking around. She's walking through a bunch of doors at the beginning. So this is when we're getting all this Italian artsy shit going on right now. Good stuff. I like yeah, it. Yeah, because yeah. And she's going up the stairs, and we see a bunch, a bunch of first person view of like just random rooms. And she eventually makes herself all the way up to the top of the building. She's like walking around some more, and she's actually walking outside, um, on one of the balconies. And she's walking, and she walks. She turns to her, her left, and she sees that girl that we just saw from earlier getting chased by the killer and get stabbed right in front of her and shit. Mm-hmm. And then, like, she kind of freaks out, and she like, so this part was like so random. And I have a feeling you're gonna be saying that a lot. <laughs> so, so our girl Jennifer is she obviously right now, and we find out later she's sleepwalking. Okay. So after the killer like stabs this girl inside the school, okay, where apparently nobody found her body after this, she like falls down, right? <laughs> and she gets like hung by her foot and then hung by her dress. And she's yeah. like and it, and it's like it's just and then she just falls right down and she wakes up, everything's fine. So I was like, okay, that's just it's just weird. And she's in the bushes and, and she starts walking and she and this part's weird too. Okay, so she's walking right. Then she got goes into traffic. All right, she almost gets run over by this car. She like falls down. We got this fucking Johnny B. Bad looking motherfucker on here. Yeah. All right, saying hey, what the fuck? He almost got in here. And then he's like takes her and he like gets her in the car and he tries to make out with her the whole time. Right. So this was kind of shocking too, in a way. Yeah. Like so they they find her. And then the, there's like two of them yeah. or two or three of them even. And they find her and they put her in this car and then they basically try to rape her in the car. 
Yeah, like so. Like we don't call for the ambulance. We don't see if she's okay. No, we no. take her and we try to rape her. <laughs> what the hell? Yeah, like this random girl that they find laying on the side of the street or whatever. And then she's like fighting back, fighting back, fighting back. And then they just push her ass out of the car. Yeah, yeah. She yeah, falls down like this car. grassy uh, side path. They look out yeah. for a second, like oh well, fuck it. And then they just drive off. And then, uh, and then she is just. Uh, She's just sitting there, like hanging out in the grass, and they're and like these guys, like there's like speaking German. Yeah. Like, I, I thought it was German. It could have been Italian. They were speaking the foreign language like almost the whole time, so I didn't know exactly the details of what they were saying. Well, they're in Switzerland. Maybe it's Swiss. Yeah, there you go. So she's hanging out in the grass, and our boy Tango shows up. All right, mm-hmm. and she basically walks with him, and they go check out a bunch of bugs together. And she's so losing. okay, let's stop for a second. Yeah. <laughs> so now the people this is why I always tell people to watch the movie <laughs> before they listen to the episode. Because if we if you hadn't seen that movie, everything you just described would sound fucking insane. Yeah. Pretty so much. this girl falls asleep, this other girl gets murdered, mm-hmm. the other girl falls down. She almost gets raped by three guys who throw her out of a car. Then a monkey comes and, and rescues her. Yeah. To go look at bugs. Yeah, what's wrong with that? <laughs> Normal Saturday I mean, night, I'm brother. Not- <laughs> this is Transylvania, Switzerland, brother, with the wind. All right, come on. With the wind constantly blowing. Yes, <laughs> with the wind constantly blowing in her hair. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it's fucking crazy. But, I mean, yeah. I love this movie. It's beautiful. But, like, it's just, yeah, so then here comes Tonga to save her from, uh, yeah. Because he's just randomly walking outside. Yeah, everything's fine. So now, now, yeah. now, our girl Jennifer, she meets the she meets John, the professor guy. Yeah. So it was the whole purpose of yeah. of this scene to get her to John's house. Yes, pretty much. Yes. Like Tonga exists in the movie, and the rapes the the rape part happens in the movie just to get her to meet John. Yeah. Come on, brother. We gotta get That's there somewhere. It's, 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 <laughs> we gotta get there somehow. That's the way it was booked. Okay, let's do it. So, so the the Jennifer's meeting uh, John now. He's like, okay, well, you, you're basically sleepwalking. All right, and she kind of blows it off. She's like, oh, I haven't done that in a while. And then yeah, this our right. boy is like, oh, who am I? Oh, I'm from Scotland. And you know what I do? <laughs> I study insects. And she's like, oh, I I'm like a insects. Bug, bug doctor. Yeah, <laughs> bug guy. And she's all like, <laughs> and she's like, oh, I love insects. She's like, oh, you do. Yeah, you, know, you remind me of that, that Greta girl. All right, and he's the one that like, got murdered. Yeah, the one that got seriously murdered. But I don't want to tell you about it. <laughs> and then she's like, you know, oh yeah, what happened to her and stuff? It's like, well, she 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 got murdered. She got killed. All right, and he's like, oh well, let me get you a coat. Here, let me go get you one of her coats and stuff. It was Greta's like, coat. You should wear so it. So I'm not gonna lie, like. <laughs> I was watching the scene like Bethany was in the room. She wasn't really paying attention. And he's just like, she was like, who the fuck is that creepy old guy? <laughs> I was like, how dare you say that about my boy, Donald Pleasant. About he Donald Pleasant. He that... wasn't creepy. He was only maybe a little Donald... creepy. Okay. Donald Pleasant's is a saint. A saint I really brother. can't believe she doesn't. I can't really believe she doesn't know who Donald Pleasant is. No, no. She just but... heard the voice, but she's like, why is this old oh, guy right. being creepy? And I was like, you know what? Like our boy was being a little creepy. I, I'll, I'll give you that. Well, right. yeah. I mean, he's like, yeah. He's like, you remind me of Greta. He never says why. Yeah. But he's, but he's like, you remind me of Greta. Well, Who's Greta? He oh, she's a girl that got killed. 
Oh, you're cold. Let me go get one of your yeah. co- uh, one of her coats for you to wear. Oh, it I mean, he, he did. Okay, <laughs> I'll give him some credit. He kind of did explain a little bit. So a he, little. He, yeah. he did say that Greta was somebody who came around here. She liked bugs, and she helped yeah. around the place. Yeah, but it was a little creepy. That's true. So he's so now we have John. He the girl's up there getting the coat <laughs> with the monkey. All right, and yes. John he's studying some insects. All right, and he, he sees Jen, and she's like, he's talking to Jen now, and he's telling him, like, yeah, I'm just working on these insects over here, and apparently he has some sort of, like, random uh, uh, insect that makes, like, sounds. Did you catch which yeah. one it was? It was some sort of, like, mating sound it, it oh. was doing. But, yeah, yeah. Um, is this the scene, or did, was it the the other, the first scene with John and the monkey where he, uh, he uh, talks to the monkey about the uh, scalpel? That was the beginning scene. Yeah, okay, because, like, yeah, so so we find out, that's where we find out that the monkey apparently likes things that are sharp. Yes. And, which comes back up later. Yeah, and like we were saying, the the, the monkey and Donald, they're, like, super good friends. And, oh, and also, yes. too, there's this gimmick, because I don't think we talked about this, there's this gimmick that Donald uses, he uses a little laser pointer. Yeah. And that's how the monkey knows how to get things. Yeah, so, so the monkey will be interested in anything he points the laser pointer at. Yes, exactly. And then the monkey takes her to get the coat. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So back at this bug. So basically this bug is doing some mating sounds. And our girl mm-hmm. Jennifer is, is is holding the bug. And D- Ple- mm-hmm. Donald, I mean, uh, uh, John, he is noticing that the, the, the bug is doing like a, a random sound. Because the bug only does this sound when it wants to mate with somebody. And apparently it really likes Jennifer. And he can kind of notice that. And he's like, you know, Greta, she... She liked insects, but the insects were never as friendly as they were to, to, towards yeah. you. So he's kind of noticing that quote, our quote, girlfriend friendly. Jenner, yes, friendly, yes, has a little connection with these bugs. So basically, what he's saying is the bug wants to fuck her. Yes. Yeah. This. Yeah. <laughs> That's where we are in this yes. movie. So now she's saying thanks and stuff, and he's like, "Oh yeah, you can stop by any time and everything." So you know. And then she, he, she, he, he's like, hey, you could take the town car, the town bus train or something to get back to school and stuff. And he said, like, you know, you could stop by any time. Um, and then he says, like, hey, I need you to do this, though, with the sleepwalking. It's a little trick. If you're ever sleepwalking, what you got to do is you got to tell yourself, stop sleepwalking. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, oh, fuck, really? I didn't know that shit. It's like, yeah. That's all you gotta do. Wow, why didn't I think of that? Yeah. <laughs> and then and then our boy and then after telling him like that fancy trick saying, I'm sleepwalking, look at me, I'm sleepwalking, then it's like, Hey, you ever you ever uh by the way, you ever notice that wind outside? And then he said it in his old like Donald Place is like, Yes, the the wind outside, it's very uh, strong and creepy. It's like it blows it's like it blows madness. And everybody, when it's blowing, it's <laughs> madness and stuff. It's it's making everybody insane. That's just that's just how this Swiss Transylvania is. Yes, <laughs> and that must be what happened to him. So you're telling me fucking mind. So you're telling me that in Swiss Transylvania, when it blows a bunch of wind, people go insane. I got gotcha. you. I can believe it. Well, it blows wind constantly. Like it, it, the wind blows through this entire movie. Yes. So now mm-hmm. there are. So now she's back at the that. school, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jen is now like getting like she's like getting tested for her sleepwalking. 
All right, and she says like, "Yeah, yes, don't worry about it. It happens the, all the time." Yeah, I don't need to be examined. She's like, "No, yeah, we the, gotta examine the, you." The EEG, yeah, they're yeah. doing an EEG on her. So they're doing tests on her, and his doctor's like, "Okay, you got you have like really high readings. Are you like schizo or something?" <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I mean, I mean, you know, like you can tell that Dario Argento knew nothing about psychology yeah. when he's writing this shit, but but like the doctor's like, um, it's like, yeah, it could be. Um, um, it could be a new, uh, um, it could be a new personality emerging. The first yeah. step to schizophrenia. It's yeah. like, what? Like, first of all, that's not what schizophrenia is. Like sometimes people who are schizophrenic do have multiple personalities, but schizophrenia is not a multiple personality disorder. Those are completely different things. Um, but I don't know why they would think this. Like, may, I mean, I mean, I'm sure there are people out there that know way more about psychology than I do. I am no expert by any means. But I don't understand the connection between sleepwalking and schizophrenia and multiple yeah. personalities. Like, none of that makes any sense Well, to me, so I, I guess what they're trying to portray here is since they were doing this, uh, the test on her brain to figure out why she's sleepwalking because they can't just have her sleepwalking and get, you know, hurt. It'll be a liability to them. They noticed that her brain waves are extra special because of her magic power, mutant power. We'll find out here later on. Um, yeah. But so there, that's why he's like, okay, well, maybe there's something going on with her brain for schizophrenia. And hey, by the way, do you do a bunch of drugs? That was great too. When he when he's like, uh, do you did you take something like? Yeah. Uh, do you understand uh, drugs? Yeah, drugs. Yes. And she's like, no, I didn't do no drugs. And he just leaves out there. <laughs> so well, I mean, I would be frustrated too if if these fucking quacks were asking me these questions. Exactly. I'm also astounded that the school has a uh, an EEG room. Yeah, you just got one in the back closet, like, no problem. <laughs> uh-huh. Just in case some of these girls, you know, act up, do drugs, get your friend here, sleepwalk. It's it's just uh-huh. like the lat like in blue and like in uh, Blue Monkey where the uh uh where the uh the hospital had uh, the laser room. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, now the school has an EEG room for some reason. Yeah. Well it's there, brother. The newest of technology. <laughs> Show it off in our movie. So this is when we get a bunch of girls. Uh, a couple of them are in the phone booth. This is like down in like the guess the study hall of the school. So Jen, Jen's trying mm-hmm. to call her dad Paul. Okay, that's the dad's name is Paul. Mm-hmm. And she's Paul talking Corbino, to the yes, uh, yes she's talking to the assistant. And apparently Paul is going to be out for three days. And she's like, "Well, why is he out for three days? Well, it's a holiday. Well, what holiday is? It? It's Passover." She's like, "Well, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. Get him on the phone." So, it's weird that she wouldn't know that, though, right? Yeah. Because Passover is uh, a Jewish holiday, which, I mean, the guy's Italian, so not to say there aren't Italian Jews, but it's kind of odd. Okay. Um, but I don't know. Maybe it's a Hollywood thing. I mean, now that I think about it, because like, a lot of things in Hollywood, like, um, like a lot of the film companies, especially back then, were run by Jewish people. So maybe, and, and a lot of things in New York are still this way, like during Passover and Jewish holidays, they'll just shut down. Yeah. So maybe that's why. Maybe he's, but I don't know. It's still weird. Yeah, because he, he's in the, um, dad. so the dad is, a. I think they said the dad was in the Philippines, right? Shoot, shoot, shooting a movie. That's what I was thinking, yeah. So, so now a bunch of girls start teasing Jennifer. So obviously she's not getting along with the school. She only has one friend to get along with, which is Sophia. All the other girls are making fun of her about sleepwalking. Mm-hmm. So now Jen is now talking to her roommate, Sophia, about trying to leave this place. And, of course, the main teacher is... Now we cut to a scene where the main... Mist- what do they call her? The main uh, headtrist or something like that? The main 
Head, head, the headmistress? Head, yeah, head, yeah. Yeah, headmistress, yeah. She's like teaching a class about poetry. Mm-hmm. And Jen is talking about, about the killer now, too. She's like, hey, you know, I saw that girl getting killed over here. Which I was like, okay, you know, so much has happened since that scene. That I was like, I almost forgot that that one girl got killed in the fucking house. Right. And nobody even brought it up at all. Like, nobody, there's like no dead body or nothing. So when I guess which is weird because it's it's actually a um a plot point, right? Like yeah. it actually makes the plot go forward cuz the reason the things later on in the movie happen are because she's talking about seeing the girl get murdered right now. Yeah. And which is weird too because another thing was I guess she, we don't see this, but apparently she was trying to tell the cops about this murder that she saw but nobody took her serious because she was sleepwalking. Mhm. So Nobody is really believing her. And the headmistress, I guess, was like telling her, like, hey, she was basically telling the cops, don't listen to anything this girl has to say as well, too. So now, now, now that some of the kids are teasing them about poets and shit. And uh, so basically, Jennifer is telling Sophia, like, listen, like, I didn't get some sleep tonight, but can you please keep an eye on me? So if I wake up and I sleepwalk, can you like tell me like, you know, hey, I'm sleepwalking and shit. And she's like, oh, yeah, I'll do that. No yeah. problem. Okay. So now we're back in the dorm rooms. The girls are about to go to sleep. But our girl, Sophia, sees a little light flashing. All right. She's like, oh, okay. And now she's like changing her outfit. And uh, this TV report is coming on about a missing girl during the meantime as well, mm-hmm. too. That's yeah. probably the girl that we saw get killed in the school. That's the one mm-hmm. that's on the, uh, the, t- the television right now. So yeah. now Sophia is outside, and it's windy, of course. It's windy out there, brother. We always, love our wind. always. This is Transylvania, brother. It got to be windy. Always Swiss. Always in the Swiss yes. Transylvania. The Swiss Transylvania. It's always windy. Yes. So Sophia apparently she has a boyfriend, all right, mm-hmm. little dude, and they start talking about Jennifer, their roommates. Like, oh, look, this is my shirt. This is the shirt. This was her shirt and stuff. Her shirt. Yeah, she yeah. put her shirt on back, so yeah. And she's like talks It'll about her. There'll be a her. plot point in a minute. Yep, talks about her sleeping, sleepwalking. Um, she's like kissing the guy on and off and stuff. And mm. she's talking about, you know, how Jennifer's her famous dad and what she's like and everything. And she's also saying, like, you know, how she looks and stuff. She looks kind of like me a little bit. We kind of do our hair the same <laughs> way, but it's a little different. Like, it's, <laughs> it's like, okay. Uh, okay. What are we leading into? <laughs> yes. Like, oh, gee, I wonder what's going to happen now. Okay, yes, I look just like her, and they, this is the girl who saw a murder happen. So and I'm also wearing her clothes. I'm also wearing her clothes. Then our boy, so our boy, he just wants some sex before he has to leave, okay? Oh, yeah. He's like, listen, uh, I know I came to visit you, and I've only been here for maybe less than a minute, but I got to leave, because I got to be somewhere in three hours. So <laughs> unless we're going to get this fucking going on, I'm just going to get out of here. She's like, what the fuck? You're not going to stay? He's like, no. She's like, well, fuck you. And the guy just fucking leaves. Yeah, like, listen, I, gotta be like, three. I just got here five minutes ago, but I got to go. Like, like, literally, it was like that. Like, it I was, was like, yeah, I was like, you're right. I was like, okay, so you, you, you came all the way out here, you flashed a light, you got this girl to kiss you for a second, you listened to her dumb story about her roommate, you couldn't fuck, and no. now you want to leave. I was like, all right, bro, yeah. do your thing. So now, so now Jennifer, she's having more nightmares now, so she's about to wake up and be like a, 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 a sleep, sleepwalking. She's getting that going. So now we see Sophia. She's like walking around, you know, kind of upset. 
And then we see Jennifer. She actually wakes up now. We're we start playing some of our '80s music, which I'm pretty sure was Goblin at this time. And mm-hmm. she's trying to self tell herself to snap out of it. What would John say? He would say, "I'm sleepwalking. Snap out of it. Stop! Stop! Stop sleepwalking." Yes. <laughs> so, so after this, the the door is is she is getting shut and stuff. And then Sophia, she is like walking around, and then she eventually feels like a presence on her, and she eventually starts screaming because she can feel somebody chasing her. And then during all this stuff, Jen's looking out the window and she's looking outside and we're having like, you know, she's walking very slowly. The 80s music is still playing and eventually Mm. she's outside and starts touching a a bunch of bugs. All right. And this is when we get that scene of the fly, you know, with the one we were talking about with the fly on the string. And it was Mm. basically uh, uh, showing her where this glove was at. And she yeah, grabbed no, it and she that's, the glove. The scene they're talking about is the one at the end. I'm pretty sure that she's following a firefly at this point. Oh, okay. I'm pretty sure the firefly was just animated. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. I think they just animated the firefly. Gotcha. Uh, but yeah, the, so she finds a glove that has maggots in it. Yes, yes. And then it starts to rain a little bit and she goes inside. So now uh, Jennifer, she's in the train now in the morning. And this is when uh, Jennifer is now talking. I guess she's writing like writing a note to her dad about the police came and the headmistress was telling her like she's crazy and don't believe anything that she says to the cops. So she keeps doing that every time like she tries to bring up these murders. Basically, the headmistress is saying like, no, she doesn't know what she's talking about. She's crazy. Which is weird because yeah. you think if you have two missing bodies now, you would take any kind of leads that you can get. You would think so, yeah. So, and she's trying to write this to her dad. So now she shows the uh, the glove to John. Yeah. Okay, the little little maggot glove. And he wants to study the glove a little bit, but then this is when he says, um, you know, he, he needs he needs some time to investigate it. He wants to have some time to investigate what this job this glove's all about because he he's like, oh, you think it might be from the killer? Yeah, so doesn't he say something like um, the killer's collecting the bodies because he might be a necrophiliac? Yeah, like, like he, he might yeah. be having sex with the dead bodies. And he's collecting the bodies, and he's and the maggots, the sarcophagus flies, deposit eggs on the bodies, which become maggots. And he's he's accidentally uh, hold, he, the maggots are accidentally attached to him because um. Because the 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 flies are because he's always around the dead bodies, so the flies, uh, the maggots, flies lay eggs, eggs hatch out to maggots, and then the maggots get on him. Yes, right. Then, That's what he said. Yeah, yeah. And he's also talking about the story about butterflies and how <laughs> they can kind of like telecommunicate with each other. Mm. All right, because Which I don't know if that's true, but it's a cool story. Yeah, so she. This is like she was basically Jennifer's basically. Well, I had like a fucking bug help me. I had a firefly show me where the glove was. Yeah. All right. And all the bugs are freaking out a little bit, and then they all calm down when Jennifer is telling her that story. And John notices that, and he's going on this whole thing about some species and some stuff with species that we've noticed and I studied before have a form of they could be a slightly telepathic. And he thinks mm-hmm. that 
Jennifer <clears throat> is slightly telepathic as well, and she can basically talk and and she can she necessarily can't talk to bugs, but bugs can like feed off her, like they can semi feed off her and show her things, and they they can relate yeah. to her. Like she's not dangerous yes. to any kind of bugs, right? And then she asks, like, if she's normal. I was like, well, fuck no. You just got told you were a mutant. Hell no. There's, there's absolutely nothing normal about you. <laughs> so back at the school, now she's being teased by her classmates. All right. And then this is when the headmistress mm-hmm. wants a classmate to spy on her. So it's like the headmistress has like all these, like some of these classmates. And she's like, okay, we need to spy on this girl now because she is weird. Because she power walks and she's read this letter. <laughs> yeah. Check out this letter. That she gave out to her dad privately. And then this girl starts reading this fucking letter that she was trying to give out to her dad. I was like, I'm pretty sure, like, all this is, like, illegal. Yeah, I'm pretty <laughs> sure it cool. should be against the rules or something. So she's, like, reading um, this letter to her dad. Or oh, go ahead. Yeah. No, I was going to say, the scene where she meets John this time, um, I, I didn't put this in my note, I, or I'm about to get confused. Is this, this is not the scene where he gives her the fly in the box? No, no, not yet. That comes up a little later. Okay, that hasn't happened yet. Okay, very good. Yeah. All right. So this is the so now they're reading about this letter that she was given to her, her dad and basically the, in the letter she was explaining to her dad that she thinks that she has these powers over these insects and that she's friends with this guy named John and while while they're all reading that she comes right in Jennifer does she grabs it and she gets on out of there she's like fuck these people so then they start like teasing her and shit all right with bug sounds and saying that she's a killer spiders and stuff so they, all these girls are te- like you know freaking uh, yeah. just like teaser like we we worship you uh we worship you we worship you so basically you're calling her like the the they, they're basically like saying like she's like the bug queen like they're, they're like this whole mm. group of girls are just teasing the shit out of her and then like this is like jennifer she's like going into a state with like her her hair is being all windy and she's some sort of trance and then she sees a bunch of flies and shit and she's just like i love you all i love you all and then this big swarm of bugs just swarm out the school. And everybody gets all creeped out. And then she eventually falls on down. So that was a cool scene, you know, with her. Uh, that was a really cool scene. Being the uh, the supposed lady of the flies. Instead of Laura the yeah. Flies, she's the lady of the flies. Yeah, when she says, I love you all, that, that yeah. was really cool. So she's down. She's passed out in the bed. And then the nurse... And the headmistress were talking about her, and the headmistress thinks she's diabolical. <laughs> she's made by Satan, brother. She's not the mm-hmm. Lord of the Flies. She's the Lady of the Flies. And we gotta let me know when she wakes up. All right. So now the nurse is like it's watching her, and she eventually just falls asleep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then Jennifer just gets on up and she leaves. Um, she goes to she goes to John. And she's asking, like, hey, you know, like, what's going on with me? Am I, like, the devil or something? And he's like, no, you're not the devil. The killer's the devil. And, I mean, mm-hmm. he's the he's the craziest one. And uh, she, she, he tells her about the uh, incident and, you know, what, what happened with all the bugs. And then they, uh, they, they, this is when he kind of explains a bit about the, uh, the glove and this is one mm-hmm. this is one you were saying earlier where he's talking about the uh, the human remains that the killer's eating yeah, he's a flesh eater and yeah, uh, I got those two scenes mixed up yeah, yeah. I mean 
it's the same shit, basically. He's just like, listen, now, it, it now is, we're going to give you more plot where the <laughs> this is the, the killer is basically what it's doing is it's collecting the flesh, basically. All yeah. right. And it's preserving it. And he's a sick psychopath that he actually says a lot to. Um, and they can kill all this stuff because of the amount of flies and all the shit that's happening. He said this psychopath, he probably lives somewhere preserved. You know, somewhere like he's hiding out there. And the, basically what they're going to do is our boy John's like, listen, I need my two best detectives on this. And they're like, oh, what detectives are you talking about? It's like, well, it's going to be you and that fly over there. <laughs> <laughs> So I mean, with the with the with, yeah. with the cops in this town, I, I could actually believe that that's true. Fly is the best detective they have. That's true because we have yet, be- besides that one beginning scene, we have yet to see the inspector guy. He comes up a little later. Yeah, right? yeah, exactly. And apparently, we can't listen to the girl who saw like two people die. We can't listen to that. Nope. Yeah, nope. because the headmistress nope. said not, she's crazy. Uh, so of course, that's not good enough information. So he's all like, "All right, here's what you're gonna do. I'm put this little fly in a box, right?" And I want you to drive around the bus. And then when this fly starts freaking out and shit, go follow him because that he'll lead you to a dead body because there's some sort of thing in flies where they love dead flesh. And she's yeah. like, she's like, okay, yeah, I'll do that. He's like, okay, well, what I want you to do is I want you to go find the dead flesh. All right. And once you find it, just come back on here and tell me and we'll take care of it. Yeah. We'll yeah. take care of Nothing it. Nothing bad is going to happen if you do this at all. Like nothing can go wrong. You know, don't worry about it. Nothing could possibly yeah. go wrong. Now, the killer can't be I'm there. Not send the, yeah. I'm not going to send the detective with yeah. you. I'm not even going to send Tonga with you. Yeah. 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 With yeah, his yeah. knife fetish. Yeah. Tonga and his knife fetish. Yeah. I'm not even going to send the monkey with you. Yeah. Just take this Here fly in a box. Yeah. And the fly will freak out when you get close to the bodies. Yeah. Um, and if you get close, you know, just, just report it back. It'd be fine. There'd be nothing danger there at all. Just a couple of dead bodies you're going to report on. As crazy as this this scene sounds, like by the time we got this far and everything that I'd seen in this movie and up until now, all of this made perfect fucking sense. Yes, like everything, all the crazy shit that I've seen before this prepared me to be able to perfectly say, "Yeah, sure, we're gonna take this fly on the bus in a box, and it's gonna hmm. it's gonna tell us where the bodies are." Sure, no problem. So now now she's on the, the bus. Going yes. around the countryside, brother, which looks beautiful out there. <laughs> yeah, it's great. She's driving around stuff. This lady's all pissed out at her for fucking keeping the window open. <laughs> all right, and there's always like, and then like they, we kept cutting to a scene where this guy's all dressed up in like Inspector Gadget gear. Yep. Where he had like a top hat on and a trench coat and shit, looking like he was a mm-hmm. little creepy. And eventually, yep. the, the fry starts going crazy a little bit. It's kind of like off the beaten path. So she gets out. She's like, let mm-hmm. me out. Let me out of here. So she gets off there. She's like walking around and everything on this beaten path. Like there's rocks and roads out there. And she lets the fly loose. And she follows the fly all the way to the house. Like kind of like that beginning house we saw at the beginning of the movie. Is it at the same house? Yeah, it's the same house. Yeah. Yeah. So she, she gets off at the same spot the girl missed the bus the first time. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yes. Yes. You got. Yeah. Me. This is the scene where they had the string with the nylon string t- attached to the fly. This ah, is gotcha, that scene. Gotcha. So <laughs> she eventually goes in the house, and we can see that there's this car that's parked a little bit away, watching her ass. Like, oh, mm-hmm. there's a killer. So she goes inside this abandoned house. She's like looking through everything. She sees some random like papers. Like they look like like you know like plans or something like paper plans. And eventually yeah, she gets plans. grabbed. 
by this dude. He says, hey, what are you doing in here? She's like, freaks out and everything. She runs very fast away. Like, it, uh, no joke. Like, okay, so the scene was, this guy grabs her. He's like, what are you doing here? She freaks out, saying, I'm not doing anything. I'm not doing anything wrong. She runs past his arms. He looks out the window. She's already like half a mile away. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah. fuck, bro. This girl, not only does she have mutant insect powers, but she's like the Flash at the same time. Yep. Well, mm-hmm. dude, like if I were in that position, I would run. I would run yeah. faster than you've ever seen anybody run. So then we see the fly now that the, the original fly now found this maggot hand that was underneath mm-hmm. the, the the boards. So yeah. now the car is like driving up. That was from Murray was driving up to the house, and he, and he sees this uh, the guy, the guy who grabbed Jennifer, and he's like, "Well, you know, who are you?" And we find out this guy is the, the, the detective guy we saw from earlier. He's like, "Well, I'm the estate agent over here." He's all like, well, tell me a little bit about this house and stuff. I was like, well, yeah, it's been on the market for like seven or eight months. And, uh, you know, I'm just like, who are you and stuff? He's like, oh, I'm, I'm the inspector. You know, so they kept talking about, talking to me a little bit about this guy. It's basically the guy who, who scared her was just the the estate owner who was just doing some maintenance on the place. The so estate, yeah, he, he's the guy that... Yeah, he works on the on the on the house. Yeah, um, and and then the guy that then the trench coat is in, in the inspector from earlier in the movie, Inspector Geiger. Yes, which I'm guessing. Uh, I mean, I'm, I get what I took out of this was that uh, John McGregor had uh, Geiger follow her. Oh, maybe yeah. Because I mean, he doesn't say that anywhere, but like I'm a, like I'm assuming he didn't just pop up out of nowhere. Yeah, I, you know, because he hasn't been in the movie for about thirty minutes, yeah, exactly, <laughs> or more. But um, but I'm assuming that he that McGregor had him uh, had had him follow her. Yeah, yeah. And that's how he ended up at the house. Yeah, I mean, it had to be. I mean, he's not just gonna yeah, send right? this random fifteen yeah. year old girl to go find a killer all by herself, right? So. Right, and then Geiger wouldn't just show up. I mean, he hasn't figured anything else out in this movie, so I don't know why he would all of a sudden figure this out either. Exactly. So now it's windy outside. Oh boy! Mm-hmm. Take Again, a, take a shot, brother. All right, <laughs> take take a shot yeah. every time the wind blows, you'll be fucked up. Yeah. So like we're out there with Tenga. He's all walking around. I wonder if this is yeah. before he was lost or after. <laughs> so uh, now, this is probably while while he's lost. They're just yeah. filming him lost wandering around. <laughs> so the door closes on the monkey, and he starts getting all pissed off. And he's trying to like break into that fucking shit. And this is when we see uh, John. He's like waking up. And he's coming down. He's like, "Oh, you know what's going down? You know what's going on, monkey? You fucking uh, left yourself in." He's like, "What are you? What are you screaming mm-hmm. at?" And then we eventually see that the killer is inside John's house. Oh, right? so that monkey's trying to freak out to try to break into the house to save John, and the John's trying to use that little red light on the killer. He's like, "Who is there? Mm-hmm. What are you doing here?" And eventually, the killer stabs John one time in the belly, and he dies. Yeah, stabs him with the knife gimmick thing. Yes. And then eventually. So- <clears throat> Go ahead. And the killer's wearing like a trench coat and a hat. Yeah. Like the guy on the bus. Like the guy on the bus, yeah. So now the monkey comes, well, Tenga comes inside, checks on John's very sad. Right. Mm. And then the car drives off, uh, and a monkey is trying so the, to go on the car, and then he shakes him off, the killer does. So that was crazy. So, like, uh, the killer drives away at what seems like a fast speed, but all of a sudden the monkey's like on top of it. Yeah. Like he just appears out of nowhere attacking the car and then he gets thrown off the car and then he just kind of wanders off. Yeah. And then the most random part, the police arrived to take John's dead body out there with everybody crying and motorheads playing in the background. Motorheads playing in the background. 
it's not sad music or no. you know any kind of musical score. We got Locomotive by Motorhead playing in the background. I don't think I've ever seen <laughs> somebody getting wheeled off by being killed into a fucking ambulance while fucking Locomotive from Motorhead. I mean, that is the most metal death of all time. Yeah, it, it is. <laughs> it's the most metal death of all. Well, I mean, you know, Donald Pleasant's the most one of yeah. the most metal actors of all time. That's so true. yeah, what a send off, brother. So I maybe that's how I have it. You know. Get wheeled off in your ambulance. I'm like, could somebody blare Motorhead really quick while I'm going into the ambulance? <laughs> so now Jen, she's all worried and shit, and she starts like crying a little bit and she starts running away. So basically, now she's like trying to get out of town and she's trying to explain to this person named Morris that she doesn't want to get murdered here and she wants to get out of here. And this is when yeah, we see. Yeah, Morris. Go ahead. As I say, Morris Shapiro. Morris, that's her dad's lawyer, I believe. Yes. As when we see the monkey in some trash, <clears throat> and he finds a knife that comes back in later. A straight razor. Yes. So yeah. So so this has nothing at all to do with the story at this point, but it will come in handy at the yes. end of the movie. So now Jen is she's trying to get some. Basically, what her plan is like she's telling this Morris guy, "I don't want to be at this school. I feel my life is in danger, and I don't want to get murdered here. Mm-hmm. So what I need your fucking ass to do is to wire me some money so I can come on home." Yeah, right. And the guy's like kind of blowing her off a little bit. She's like, "No, I need the fucking money." So Jen goes up. Yeah, I need, I need, I need the money. She now. checks twice yeah. with this fucking clerk guy. He's like, "Yeah, the money hasn't come in. Sometimes That's it takes a little while." She's like, "Fuck." She's like, "Where can I wait at?" She's like, "Go wait over there." So she's waiting over here, and then eventually the, I guess it was the attorney for the dad shows up? The girl? Well, yes. Uh, Fira? For some reason. So. Yeah. No, 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 no. So she, so um, Daria Nicolodi's character, uh, um, yeah, well, Frau, Frau Bruckner, yeah. Frau Bruckner, So yeah. she, yeah. So that's, she, so she shows up because she worked at the school, and the lawyer called her. Yes. Right. That's what she says. The lawyer called her and told her that to keep her safe. Yes. And I'm assuming that the lawyer told her, told uh, Bruckner that he was coming to get her. But of course, she doesn't tell that part to him, to to Jennifer. Yes. So she's like, yeah, well, Cause we, yeah, because yeah, like, we basically says, I'm going to take you back to my place. You know, we can wait there for, yeah. for them to pick you up. So that when they go back to her place, uh, she has all the mirrors covered up. All right, and she basically gives a story of why the mirrors are covered up because she has a sick son, and she's she's worried about her son being you know, driving her crazy and, and, and making her feel crazy and stuff. So she just keeps the kid locked up in the fucking room the whole time. Well, yeah. Well, so what she says, she asks her why the mirrors are covered up, and. She says, "Oh, my son is is sick, and he doesn't yeah. like to see himself in the mirror." And this, in any movie, in any horror movie, this is how you know shit's fucked up. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, like in any movie where all the mirrors are covered up and are covered up because somebody doesn't want to see themselves in the mirror, you know, some fucked up shit's about to happen. Pretty much. And then she says that the boy just stays in his room, and um, but you know, crazy and thoughts. that he won't come out. Oh yeah, with his crazy thoughts, and that he he won't come out while. While she's there. And this is like, well, I'm going to go get you some tea. Another red flag. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't, so, yeah. So now she sees, now Jennifer sees like a little bit, but the sun in like a reflection. It goes into his room with a little toy car and the, and then the, the sun falls over. 
I ain't in the then uh, what's her name? <clears throat> what's her name? Freya? Bruckner. Frau Bruckner. Bruckner. So Bruckner comes in, said yeah. like she's like, apologizing, say, "Oh, I'm sorry, I, I did this toy and hit your son and everything." She's like, "Oh, what the hell? Like, what do you think? What are you talking about?" She's like, "I'm sorry, I hit your son with a toy." He's like, "What do you think? My son is like this doll." So just a random doll on here. I thought this. I thought yeah. this was weird because I don't know how. I mean, I guess in that very first scene when you saw it, you could think it was actually her son. Yeah. But like she picks, she picks the doll up by its arm. Yeah. And it's all like, like falling apart. Like it, you know, it's coming into pieces or whatever. And then she's like, "Oh, don't hold him like that." Like, do you still? Does she really still believe that's a kid? Yeah, no. After she's picked it up like that, like. But then, like this fucking girl is like, "You frightened, huh?" You frightened over here? Hey, by the way, I think you're sick. Here, I need you to take a pill. Yeah, take this pill. You'll you'll it'll help take you sleep. The fu- take the fucking pill. All right. Yeah. So take a and this pill. is where in my version uh, they start arguing in yeah. Italian and English. That's what I put. I said the girl says take your, take the pill, and she has to go to the best room. And then I said they start yelling in Italian to each other. <laughs> <laughs> and then she's like basically forcing her to take a pill. And this is when we get um. Asked what, and she, then she goes into the restroom. Jennifer does, says like this mm-hmm. girl's a fucking bitch, and she's about to take the pill. And then she sees a bunch of fucking maggots everywhere. So she said maggots on the soap, Uh-oh. on the walls, and everything. She's like, oh, okay, that's weird. And the killers, this yes. is the killer's house. And then she, so she already took the pill at this time after she saw all the maggots. And then she remembers what John told her about the fucking human remains and how these bugs will show up mm-hmm. around human remains. And then she tries her hardest to throw up the pill. Drinks water and yeah. keeps doing it. And then during all the stuff, uh, Brockner's hearing what she's doing, trying to break into the door, saying, "What are you? What are you doing?" So the girl eventually opens the door. She just comes right in, looks around, and then like this scene was just strange. So at this point, Jennifer knows that there's something up with this like Brockner girl, right? Because like she just remembered, yeah. okay, there's maggots everywhere here. This girl gave me a pill. It could be poison. I think she actually heard poison in her brain. So she's trying to throw up the pill. I think she, obviously she succeeded because she's not passed out. So right. and the right. and the Brockner's trying to get in there and she opens the door. Brockner comes in there. She like looks around to make sure she took the pill. And our girl doesn't try to escape. She tries to call somebody on the phone. Well, yeah, she tries to call the detective, right? She tries to call Geiger. Yeah. Or her dad. Um or her uh, uh, was it the Iger or that? Anyway, I can't remember. But yeah, she tried instead of trying to escape because we know she runs really fast. But she tries to she tries to call someone on the phone. And I guess this is just like a uh, suspenseful thing. It keeps the suspense of the plot going because yeah. otherwise, you know, if she escaped, then it you know there'd be a story. But I guess that's what yeah. So at. she's trying to call, and then the uh, the Brockner mm-hmm. stops her, and they start yelling in Italian some more. All right? Again, and then she yeah. eventually pushes her down. All right, and. And they start fighting a little bit, and then eventually she just knocks her down, and then she's like cursing at her in Italian. And yeah, then she, she like, beats her up with, with something. Yeah, she, yeah, then she takes the phone away, and then so so basically after she's taken the phone away, they they see somebody in the like on the windows, like outside in the windows. She starts screaming a little bit. It's actually mm. the detective, and this is when this is when Brockner like kind of like knocks her down a little bit and she, she closes on the windows mm-hmm. and she leaves so she knocked her out closes all the windows and locks her in this room and mm-hmm. this is when Brockner she talks to the inspector outside and our boy the inspector is basically saying like you know kind of getting some background on her because um 
So there was like this little scene that we didn't say, but basically this inspector guy, he did go to the asylum and he was wondering in the asylum, like, I think he's figuring out like, okay, I think somebody didn't escape the asylum, but somebody checked themselves into the asylum. And that might be a little clue that we have for the serial killer. Yeah, it's like Michael Myers been in reverse. Yes. So now he is uh, kind of like talking a little bit to, to this girl, Brockner, about like, you know, how long she's lived here. Um, you know, you know, how did you get, you know, this place and everything? She said basically she moved in here about eight months ago. Mm. Okay. Weird. And, yeah, what weird. else happened eight months ago? Exactly. <laughs> and then she was like, oh, he was like, where were you living before? She's like, oh, outside of Europe. So they go inside. Uh, Jennifer starts waking up. She sees a bunch of maggots everywhere. Mm-hmm. And she eventually hears this noise of this guy screaming. So she ain't playing around. This Brockner girl, she got this guy quick. All right. Um, yeah, but you you forgot the part where she talks about. Um, uh, she t- tells her that story about how she used to work at the asylum. Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. She was working and at he, the asylum, he, he, she, and then she was raped in the asylum. Yes. So that's how she became like a little crazy. Yeah. So we have the uh, some 80s music playing, mm-hmm. which is Iron Maiden again, while she's yeah. trying to get the phone and escape from the room, which is another weird place to play Iron Maiden at, but okay. And her whole gimmick uh, right. is trying and to the, get the and phone. Whole, right, I thought that whole, the whole gimmick was kind of weird. So Argento is known for suspenseful scenes, and then... Yeah. This is not one of his best suspense movies, but like I guess he's trying to create suspense with her trying to get the uh, the phone because basically it's like one of those old fashioned doors that had the little top window that flapped open. Yeah, and then like so she's standing on a chair and she has this like conveniently long hook that happened to be in, just in the closet next door <laughs> that yeah. she was able to grab and she's trying to wrap the phone cord around that hook thing and pull it through the little flap. Um, which you would think she could actually climb through that flap. I mean, she's not very big um, and just climb into the door, but she's trying to get the phone, but then the phone falls into this weird hole in the floor that's there for some reason. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So now we're at the airport and Powell arrives. He's like, oh, don't worry about it. I know the area. Okay. I know how to get here. I know I've been here before. Yeah, brother. I know my way around. So now Jim, now Jennifer goes down the hole to find the phone. Yep. On the phone. All right. And this is one Brockner. She's like coming in trying to look for her. And she's like, Jennifer escapes through the tunnel. And she finds the phone. She tries to call Paul, I guess, or somebody. She's trying to call yeah, somebody. I think she's trying to call Paul. Yes. And before she can do it, the guy just hangs up and she gets grabbed. And then she gets uh, grabbed. And uh, this is when we see that she gets grabbed into the room where there, we have the inspector and he's all chained up. And yeah. she basically gets pulled and dragged into a, a dead pool. A dead pool, yeah. So it's, it's like a water, uh, like a hole full of water and dead bodies. Yes. Also, and she could not like swim at all. She was just like falling and everything. Like it was pretty creepy. It looked nasty as shit in that thing. Can you imagine how disgusting that would be though? Oh, like I would just crazy. like I would I would instantly vomit. Like there's if no I way there you with can, all that there's no way, shit on my head. There's no way you couldn't have gotten a disease from that. Oh yeah. Yeah, no. Yeah, definitely. So She needs to go get checked. Yeah. 
So now the inspector, he's like leaning against the wall. And now this is Brenda Buckner. She comes in. She starts laughing like a 1980s Scooby-Doo villain. Yeah. Laughing at everybody. And eventually the inspector just breaks super easy out of the chains and starts choking the girl. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like choking yeah, the whole like, time. Well, he's, he's, yeah, like he's, he puts it off. He, he like I thought like he maybe dislocated his thumb yeah. so that he can move his hand down enough to get it off. But yeah, yeah, he, he, did, does, yeah. he does slip out of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah he slips out of it. So he gets out of the chain. Jennifer gets out after getting water poured on her and all kinds of shit. She finally gets out of the dead pool and she like runs away and she's running through the asylum house. Mm-hmm. So I guess the house was like somehow connected with the asylum part. So now she's like running through this like little the asylum part it looks like and she sees the uh, the son of Berkner. I mean, I thought she was just running um through the bedrooms like upstairs. Oh really? Like the hallway. It looked like the same. Maybe, it looked yeah. like the same scenery of when the inspector was in the asylum. But well, that's true. That is wrong. true. It did yeah. look kind of like that. So they he's going through there, and then now he sees the uh, the kid, the son that Bruckner was talking about, yeah. and she's like, "Hey, Jennifer's like, hey," because the kid's basically crying because he's scared. And he's like, "Oh hey, mm-hmm. yeah, I know your mother was bad and stuff, but I want to help you. I can help you and stuff. Don't worry about it." And he's he's standing um, with his face in the corner and his back to the camera, so you yes. know this is gonna be fucked up. Yes. And there's like, uh, uh, he's like, "Don't worry about the mirrors. We'll you know see all the mirrors." And then basically the kid shows his demon face, <laughs> and she's like, "Oh fuck this shit!" And she just runs out of there, runs away. Like I, that wasn't supposed to be funny, but yeah. I laughed when it happened because she was all nice to the kid. And then she sees his deformed face, and she's yeah. like, "Oh fuck this!" and screams and runs away. His face, which ba- is exactly what like the, yeah. the kid is afraid of, right? Yeah, like, exactly. He's afraid of people being afraid of him. I mean, yeah. and and you know, she just proves, you know, I don't know, it's fucked up. But anyway, yeah, she's trying to help the damn kid. He got freaked out of him. She, the mom said he was deformed. She said, fuck. Yeah. So yeah. he kind of looked like one well, of those. She said uh, he was sick. Yeah, that's true. He kind of looked like one of those dudes from like the Hills Have Eyes, you know. Yeah, yeah, that with this big fangy, fangy teeth, though. Yeah, so she's running. Randomly. You know what he really looked like? What he really looked like? One of those chuds. Have you seen the movie Chud? Yeah, yeah, he really looked like one of those kind of. So she's running outside now on a dock, and she gets like on a boat, and she's about to yeah, like you know boat away. That's what you do, right? <laughs> and then this kid just runs like the fucking kid just runs to her with the little killer yeah. knife that they've been using for the whole movie. Yes. He just jumps on the boat and tries to stab her. Yeah, so uh, is the kid the killer or was his mom the killer? Well, that, I've been trying to still figure that out to this day. <laughs> so I'm not <laughs> sure. Like, I guess yeah. I guess it was the mom, but the mom was killing the people because she was crazy and she... I have no idea. So I'm not sure mm-hmm. because... So in the scene where they killed John McGregor... Yeah. I thought that it was maybe the kid because remember he thinks at first he thinks it's Tanga. Yeah. And the kid would be about the monkey size. Um, so that's why I thought, okay, maybe it's the kid, but it doesn't seem, it doesn't seem like it was the kid in every scene. So maybe they're both the killers, but yeah, I couldn't figure out if the kid was the killer or if the mom was the killer. Really. Maybe, maybe I think I'm a, so maybe the, the kid <clears throat> was the original killer to that first girl in the beginning because remember he, he the guy the the first killer killed her around the house you know yeah so maybe since then the mom is trying to cover it up 
by maybe killing other people and making it look like somebody else so they won't think about her son killing the girl. I mean, that makes sense because, you know, because Sophie gets killed because Jennifer talked about seeing the other girl get murdered in the in the mom's class. Yeah. And so then the, then they kill then the, Sophie gets killed because the killer thinks it's Jennifer um because they look exactly alike supposedly. Um and um so that could have been the mom trying to cover up for the kids murders earlier, I guess. I mean that makes sense, right? Yeah. I mean that's that's logical. So during all this stuff, the uh, the little kid her son is trying to kill Jennifer, but then she starts like freaking mm. out, and then she basically screams, and all these flies start attacking the fucking kid. Yeah. He's like ripping his skin off and stuff, and eventually he falls into the water. But before he does that, he like stabs like the the motor's engine. So now that the motor's engine starts burning, it starts catching on fire. So the the thing just yeah. blows up. We get this long scene of Jennifer swimming in the water. She's like coming up a little bit, going down, kind of going away from the fire. She gets grabbed by our boy, the kid. And then eventually she like goes up with him. But then the kid gets like stuck in the fire. So he starts burning and shit. And then she like kind of washes away to the shore. And then during all this, our our car drives up, right? This car was random. Car drives up. It's her dad. He's like going to come up to her and give her a hug. But before she can... Fucking Bruckner fucking comes in there and just chops his fucking head off with like a just piece of steel. Just randomly cuts his head off. Yeah, just randomly <laughs> Super cuts easy his head off. With a piece of like steel, wood. Yeah. What was that? Just thing? a piece of metal. Yeah, yeah just a piece of metal. Like, I thought it metal. was. It was just a, yeah, it was just a square piece of metal that yeah. she had in her hand. And she just comes out of nowhere and cuts his fucking head <laughs> off. And it's like, holy shit. It's like, yeah. where did this come from? Yeah, and then she starts like putting that steel on, on, on Jennifer's neck said like uh she's like basically saying like you know you're a disease but you know he said he's saying like no he was he he was diseased but he was my son why did you have to kill him you know i should have killed you and that inspect i should have killed the inspector and your bug friend you know sooner your bug friend that was my son now i'm gonna about to be (laughs) now i'm going to get my revenge no, she's basically, she's also yeah. saying, like, oh, where's all your flies out now that killed my son? I'm about to get my revenge on you. All right? Yeah. And before she can do that, they call her insects over. The monkey shows up and starts fucking stabbing this fucking girl's face off. Yeah. With a, stra- oh. with a straight razor that he straight found man. in the garbage. <laughs> exactly. Earlier, earlier in the movie for no apparent yeah. reason. And then after he's, the monkey was stabbing her basically to death with that straight razor... Yeah, he's done, and then they hug, and that's it. And that's phenomenal. So is that the is that the scene where um he he bit her finger? I, I wonder. Probably, probably. Yeah. So they must have shot that earlier in the movie, apparently. But yeah. um, yeah. So he walks over to her. He puts the straight razor down because now he's done with his uh, he's he's done. He's turning you know whatever. <laughs> he's he's turning over a new leaf. He's done with the knives that he's been obsessed with through this whole movie and. Then he hugs Jennifer, and then the movie ends. Yep, pretty much. So, what'd you think of this? You know what? I like. Uh, I liked it. I thought it was pretty uh, entertaining. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, the plot wasn't like super, super complicated, um, but I liked it. I liked the scenery. I liked the shots. Um, I thought yeah. it was. I thought it was. Now there was a couple scenes that I thought dragged a little bit. Like we could have moved this along yeah. a little bit. But uh, overall, I thought it was actually pretty good. I was like pretty entertained by it. Yeah, so mostly like when I watched the I watched most of Creepers, the American version, 
And they did edit some of it for violence. Like there's not as much like stabbing in it. Um, but most of it was edited just to make the movie shorter. Yeah. Um, you know, and a lot of Argento's movies especially are kind of like that. They're kind of, I mean, this movie's not real long. I mean, it was less than two hours, but it does kind of drag. Like it just kind of like, there's a lots of scenes where she's riding the bus, looking at the fly. And like lots of scenes with girls walking through the woods for no reason. Yes. You know what I mean? So, but a lot of the movie was cut, was edited just to make it shorter. But most of the other stuff is in there. I mean, it's, it's a not, it's not a bad version of the movie. Uh, I think they cut 20 minutes out of it to make it 83 minutes long. Yeah. So definitely a fun one, everybody. If you haven't checked it all out, hope you all enjoyed our review of phenomena and i hope you all yeah. enjoyed our bugs gone wild month bugs gone wild I brother. Mean, boy what a month we had <laughs> yeah it was great fucking greenhouses laser rooms insect maggots all kinds of mm. shit this is a wild yeah, month over here these these little creature bugs uh slugs you, slugs yeah. you know you can never uh mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah <laughs> that little slimy creature bugs you don't know what's gonna happen with them so Definitely a fun month that we have to revisit later on in the retro blood. But everybody, as we all move on into the new month of July, the retro blood is going to be coming back with all new material because we are going to be exploring more of the Italian madman himself, Dario Argento, because we are doing four fantastic Dario Argento movies in the month of July. It's going to be our Italian blood month here on the Retro Blood. If you all like flashy blood, eye poking, hands crawling on you, wildness happening, this is going to be the month for you guys because we're going to keep this Dario train going. But But first. But first, before we get there, brother, we are taking uh, taking a little break from this Dario Argento stuff. We're going to be pivoting a little bit because we're mm-hmm. going to start off the month of July hot with some 4th of July action as me and Allison are going to be reviewing the return of the living dead brother part one. Yep. The f- yep. The second best 4th of July movie ever. Exactly. The best 4th of July movie of course is Jaws. What about Independence but Day? No, no, no. My That's not as good Smith? as no, that that movie's not nearly as good as either one of these movies. We'll see no, about no. that, brother. Re- Return of the Living Dead. Return of the Living Dead, brother. I'm pretty excited about this one because I don't know if I've actually ever seen this before. You have got to. You, I can't believe you've never seen this movie. I don't know if I have, to be honest with you. Like, I know about it, you would know. You would know if you have. Yeah. There's a scene where Lania Quigley's dancing naked on a tombstone. Yeah, I knew about that. Oh so, yeah, okay, but you may not have seen the movie. It's yeah. great. You you will you, you will love this. Yeah. Um you you this movie this movie is right up your alley. I will say that. Oh yeah, I can't wait, brother. It's going to be fantastic. We're going to start that out and uh, then we're going to pivot to the uh, Argento films, which we'll explain to you next week on the on the Retro Blood about which films we'll be yeah. doing in the Argent Ar- Dario Argento, Argento. collection. Mm-hmm. And then we'll also, you know, we got some big plans for uh, August as well. So, uh, yep. stay, stay stay tuned, everybody. But Allison, stay tuned. Stay tuned, brother. We got a lot of shit going on. But, Allison, what Iron Maiden song? Should we just play the <laughs> one that they played in the movie? Might, might as well do That's that That's what one. I was thinking. Let's just play Flash of the Blade. Flash of the Blade, brother. 
because yeah. you know if if let's just say me and Allison were like walking through McDonald's and we're we're ordering our food. I got a, a I got a, a chicken sandwich. He got a double double what do you call it? double quarter pounder. We're sitting down and we're drinking. Yeah. Just just imagine the song playing in the background. <laughs> yeah, so we're that's just how high. you know shit's about to go down. Yeah. Shit's going down, brother. We're just gonna we're just gonna insert this song in random points of our lives <laughs> just to see what happens. <laughs> 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 just like this movie did. So. But everybody, thanks for joining us. This has been Retro Blood, J. Allison, James Kahn. We will see you later. See you guys next week.